Welcome to the 252nd episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today we are recording on September 29th, 2021. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and 50% of this here show with me is the man who's ticking all the talks, Carlos Rodella. Nice wordplay. Because TikTok, right? Yes. Yeah. TikTok is going to be- a thing. Is a thing. Yeah. People are on it. It seems like the whole world's on it. I, you know, I think that they are. Uh, My wife is on it. She spends a lot of time on it. I recently- uh, joined it for a reason that we will discuss in just a moment. Uh, we can talk about that in a second. But how you doing, Carlos? How's things? I'm good. Uh, I'm on TikTok right now as we're talking, <laughs> scrolling. Now, are no, you I'm watching not. yourself film the podcast on TikTok? Is it like a little reality loop for you? Oh, it's like a yeah a loop. Like literally, what we're saying is becoming a TikTok, and then I'm just gonna watch it back. And then jump ahead record. five minutes and tell us what we're talking about. Oh man, we're talking about TikTok. In about five oh man, minutes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> And we're still talking about it. It works. It's true. Uh, No, I'm eating some chocolate. By the way, again, not a sponsor, but could be a sponsor if they wanted to be. Um, I'm trying to eat uh, something that might be sweet, but also sort of healthy for you. And you know those Kind bars, the brand Kind? Yes, I have had one of those before. They made a new thing called Kind Bark, which is that like dark chocolate uh, pieces with like almond and sea salt. Hmm. Okay. It is delightful. And I may or may not be, I actually will be eating some of that on this podcast. So I apologize. All right. We'll get really close to the microphone so we can all enjoy it with you. Make sure you do that. I'll do that later. But yes, that's what's going to happen. All right. Cool. Cool. Well, glad to have you aboard as per usual. We've got a lot of stuff on the docket as per usual. So I say, let's just get to it if you're ready to roll here. I am. And I just tweeted on uh, Twitter, which is what you do on Twitter. You tweet. And I said, hey, we have another show coming up to, to talk about more games. They just keep making them. They don't stop. I keep <laughs> waiting for don't. them to stop, and they just don't. They're not, by the way, Brad, I don't think they're going to. Oh, dicks. They're a bunch of dicks. <laughs> they're Lock not. No, they're great. <laughs> All right, folks. You know that Carlos and I share a house. It's a big house, a nice house. The roof needs a little work, but it's not bad. But down the middle of the living room, we have it divided squarely in half with a strip of duct tape. Keeping the house is what we're doing right now. Uh, I got a couple really quick things, but Carlos, what do you got on your side? Well, we got to start with TikTok because obviously I already foretold it in the future. I have a question, though, before we start. Okay. If you tweet on Twitter, what do you do on TikTok? Do you tick or do you talk or do you something else? I think you just make a video. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's it. It just, yeah. Now, you might, you probably TikTok, I guess. You TikTok guess. on TikTok. I guess. I'm ticking. I'm ticking on TikTok. I'm I wouldn't. I TikTok. would. Um, I don't know. I got to check out your TikToks. I'm kind of afraid what you're doing there. If you're if you're ticking or you're talking. Oh man, you're not going to find much. Literally nothing. I'm just like a lurker. And the only reason I jumped on, I mean, number one, I was kind of curious because my wife spends a lot of time watching it. But number two, because of what you're about to say. We're on TikTok. Um, so video games podcast. That's the name. So pretty easy to find. Just use the search bar or whatever, and then follow us. By the way, uh, you could do that. And yeah, uh, I want to talk about it because one really weird thing happened. Uh, first off, thanks for everybody who's been like liking our you know, videos over there. I'm basically making clips of the show. So I was kind of being serious when I said earlier, anything we say on the show could be a TikTok because I'm just taking like 30 seconds or 60 seconds and putting sure, them up there. Sure. And it's cool. So a couple of the ones we put up did really well. People were like checking them out, leaving comments. I'm going to read a comment in a second here. And then I found out 
um, we had a community violation. Now, TikTok's algorithm is weird. It's a robot, okay? It's just an AI robot. But every once in a while, it'll, like, you know, try to pull things down because of real reasons and, you know, things people are doing wrong. But then lots of times, like this time, it pulls something down for no reason. Like, it just got it wrong. Like so what was the clip that you posted got that got that got flagged? What was right. it? Right. So we got flagged for our first clip ever. The very Oh, that's not yeah, so we get president. And it had like a ton of views too. And uh, it was just us talking about the Mario movie and how we were actually frustrated that uh, what's his name who voices Mario? Oh yeah, Charles, Charles Martinet. Martinet. Yeah, that's it. Um, he wasn't becoming, you know, the real Mario and that Chris right. Pratt was, which everybody has piled onto that, you know, thing where they're all mad about it. And so I think you or me both said, like, that's a dick move. So I don't know if it was that that got pinged, you know, because we said dick. But, I mean, people say worse things on TikTok. Oh, yeah. My wife watches videos all the time, and they swear up a, a storm. I mean, they, I, it couldn't have been for that. I, I wonder know. if it's because we – is it because, like, Chris Pratt is flagged or something? Is there something oh. specific about his name, perhaps? Well, we, 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 we kind of, like, said we didn't like some of the choices – but again, sure. it wasn't like straight up. I think it was like harassment is what it got flagged as. And I was like, really? Because I don't feel like that's a personal attack. I mean, no. I feel like we're talking about a, a film casting choices. It wasn't like we talked about Chris Pratt personally. No, it's something wrong. It's like AI robot done wrong. You know, he's just like, I did an error. Sorry. But I appealed it. And the AI, again, I don't think it's a person, rejected the appeal. That and, is dumb because if the AI flagged it in the first place, why in the world would it approve an appeal? Because that would mean that it recognizes that it made a mistake and it's, and oh, it's AI. Oh, right, right. So and it, it, can, wouldn't, it can't it, ever do that. Yeah, if it knew it made a mistake, it wouldn't have made the mistake in the first place. So like, that makes no sense to me. Unless it does really go to a person and then someone actually said, no, this is bad. I don't know what's going on. Anyways, I don't think it'll ever happen again. It's weird. But um, yeah, we have another few up there now and they're doing really well and people are talking. So... I just thought I'd bring that up because what a weird thing to happen on such a simple, like benign clip is like something yes. that just, you know, everybody's yeah. talking about. And what an inauspicious beginning to the So Video yes. Podcast yes. birth on TikTok. Boy, that it, is, is a bad start. Interesting beginning. Not bad, just weird. Um, yeah. So here's one of the comments I just want to read because we're going to get a, uh, a lot of comments now over there on TikTok. So another place for people to talk with us and you please bet. do. Uh, I got a comment from uh, which was this on? Yeah, this is on the uh, Nintendo Switch uh, Bluetooth uh, clip, right? So oh, we yeah. talked about how Bluetooth was not really available uh, until like four years later, and now they just turned it on. And in that clip, you were defending Nintendo for some reason. I was just explaining a possible perspective. Yes, it was in the perspective of defending Nintendo. Sure. But uh, this uh, user, Punisher3K, said it actually supports wireless mic too, but they still aren't making that available. They're probably trying to push Nintendo online app for chat. I mean, sure, but who in their right mind uses that? Because if you're already using the app, then you got your phone right there. You might as well just call your friend instead of using the stupid app. I know, but I'm just saying it's another example of not turning something on. I mean, if it's true, it's probably true. It's but I probably don't know. true. Is they it just confirmed? Did it. I don't know. Yeah. Well, anyways, Punisher 3K, thank you for your comment. Yes, thank you for your comment, Punisher. And also, anybody else, please leave comments, and we'll read them on this show. TikTok, So Video Games Podcast. Check us out. There you go. What All else right. you got, Carlos? Man, I got a lot of stuff. Well, one thing, I finally saw Free Guy. Oh, yeah. It just came to download, didn't it? Yes. 
I think it's now what? What do you say? What do you like that for? Well, because I don't remember how I saw it. Let's just say I didn't see it in the theater. Did you see it in an altered state? I I somehow secretly saw it. You either streamed it or you were high. Which one was it? Um, both. Both. <laughs> Anyways, I saw it, and that's the point. Okay. Um, and I highly recommend it because this is an interesting, uh, I don't know, piece of information about this movie that I'm sure you don't even know. Okay. Is this a, not a spoiler? Is it's it? a minor spoiler. I don't think it's a spoiler. I think it's a really good thing to know. I'm gonna trust you, but don't spoil it because people don't like spoilers, especially me. Spoilers, I hate yeah. spoilers. Okay, I'm going to say it anyhow. I don't think it's a spoiler. I think it's a reason to watch it. Okay. So the movie, the general, you know, trailer says it's about uh, Ryan Reynolds in uh, as as an NPC. So he's playing an NPC in in a game world. And I'm not going to spoil a special appearance by somebody, are you? No, no, no. Okay. I just love that concept in general. I mean, there's very few movies about, or maybe none, about an NPC in a video game. That's that's true. So fun, right? So I was already on board with that. But what the game actually turns into, again, without spoiling anything, it's actually a little bit about the game industry and indie games and big budget games. So that's all I'll say. But having that little core piece be in there was such a surprise, but also such a good, like, I think it's it's good to tell people that because I think they're just seeing, like, the trailer with explosions. Right, right. You know, it's but it's kind of hard to tell exactly what it's about. Right, right. And I think that's helpful to know because it's actually there's a there's like a you know there's a couple different plot lines going on, and one of them is really interesting about the games industry. So, I highly recommend that movie. That's like an eight or nine for me all of a sudden. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm gonna definitely check it out. I know the wife was really interested in that. I want to check it out, and I you know we usually try to make an effort to see video game movies. Slight tangent since we're talking about that. Have you ever yeah. seen? existence by yes oh my goodness i man so okay dude like i saw it a couple years ago for the very first time and people had told me it was kind of like a video game movie and watching this and for people that don't know it's e-x-i-s-t-e-n-z existence yep um it's really hard to encapsulate what it's about but basically um, David Cronenberg is a very famous horror director who specializes in body horror yes which i normally don't like but i accept in this movie it, it, this movie is basically about people who are beta testing a new VR rig that's like made out of flesh. Yeah. And it's fucking crazy and bizarre. But the weirdest thing about this movie, and tell me if you agree, Carlos, if you remember, the weirdest thing about this movie is it actually knows a lot about actual game development and publishing and like all the stuff that they talk about in that movie. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's actually really true. Like you guys are like naming stuff that is actually really real. It wasn't just like script talk. Like it really seemed like. They had done their homework and had talked to actual developers and knew how games got made and knew like that whole process. I was really impressed with like how accurate a lot of that stuff was. Yeah, hundred percent. They like had writers that were in the industry in some way, right? Oh, it must have been because there was a lot of VR stuff. There's like like you said, games industry stuff. But what I remember from that movie so much is again, how long ago was that? Not many movies made about video games or being inside video games. There is such a good scene in them. They were in a diner or a restaurant somewhere, and the waiter comes up and like asks them what they want. But they're in this video game world, so like they do something off script, and he just repeats himself. Yes, yes and that yes. happens actually a lot in the movie, where like the NPCs will just like repeat themselves because they don't understand, you know, like in a video game, what to do next. They um, haven't been programmed to deal with something outside of the parameters. Yes, and that is such a fun like landscape to explore for film and shows. Please, more companies make movies about that and shows about that because I really love it. 
But that movie so, does have a lot of gory stuff too. It is crazy. So, but it sounds like Free Guys sounds like a win. I'm very excited to watch that, and I yes. definitely recommend Existence if you're not averse to horror or body horror. It is pretty gross in some parts, like you said. Uh, pretty nasty. Speaking of which, did you see that picture that was going around on Twitter? Uh, somebody made a recreation of the N64 controller made out of flesh. Did you see that? No. It's horrifying. Why? It's so scary and gross. Like, I guess if you Google that, you know, N64 controller, know, like monster or flesh or something. Oh, God. Like, it made me want to hurl. It was so scary and nasty. But why Why would they do such a thing? I don't know. Maybe they're a person who specializes in oh, horror sculptures. Oh, I can't even see this. <laughs> it's Shit. terrible. It's so scary. Oh, my God. It has, like, yeah. a real eyeball in the middle of it. And this uh, this is from Screen Rant. It says, this N64 controller crawled out of Mario's nightmares. Uh, that controller would perfectly fit in existence. That would like, go it right really along It really would. Thing. And by yeah. the way, the middle stick is a... It looks like a nipple. It's gross. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Gross. Anyway, okay, moving Why'd on. Why'd you what do else? that? Oh, I guess because we were talking about existence. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How do you... Well, okay. Well, okay. Drop it. Drop Dropping it. Drop it. it. Switch, um, switch topic. What else you got, Carlos? A couple more things. Tokyo Game Show is happening. Uh... In, when we're recording this, it's happening tomorrow at 2 a.m. for us. And also the 505 Games live stream is happening. So those are happening, and we'll probably talk about them next episode. Uh, you will I, talk about them, and I will listen to what you have to say yes. because I will probably not watch them. Right, and I'll just watch parts of them. But I am very interested for Tokyo Game Show for a couple reasons. One, I'm a Final Fantasy guy. I loved 15, and I'm sure, I'm hoping, slash I'm sure, they're going to talk about Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy 16. Okay. Uh, because I've been waiting for that. And also, well, I've not, heard... there's not going to be another one. They just, it was called Final Fantasy. It's oh, final. That's it's right. over. They Although, finally decided to just make that stick. Tell that to everybody playing Final Fantasy 14, <laughs> which never ends because it's an online game. Uh, Forspoken, which I have been very, very interested in, I think will also be shown off. Um, so those are some things I'm looking forward to. But again, I'll report on them next episode. Uh, one or two more things. Oh, there's so many things I could talk about. Do you want to go real quick or no? Uh, no, no. I'll do my I'll do my two ones at the end. Keep going. Okay, MiHoYo and Genshin Impact. You know MiHoYo is the publisher yes. of the game. Yes, yes. Developer of the game. Uh, there was a big, huge controversy. I just thought I'd mention it because it's kind of crazy that there was a big anniversary for the game, and they were going to like give everybody something like some sort of you know prize for like sticking with them for so long and spending sure. thousands sure. of dollars. Sure. And they gave them like nothing. Like, you know, like really, really crappy rewards. And so everybody playing the game, most people, like a ton of people, went over to all the app stores and just one starred them. Oh, man. And ah, review bomb. Review bomb to hell. Like they're, they're literally down to like 1.5 or something when they were five everywhere. And that's all you, you got to know. Take care of the people who play in your game and are spending all that money. And it's something so small. They just want to like, a five-star hero or weapon or something, yes, you know, something that yes. you give back to your community. And what does it cost you? It costs you a couple nothing. bucks of development, but yeah. basically it's nothing. You've probably got tons of assets sitting around that you never used. Oh, you could probably goodness. throw something together and like, you're probably making money hand over fist. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, do not, do not, you know, don't go cheap when it comes to something like that, you know? And that's one reason, um, speaking of which, why I, I like Marvel puzzle quest so much because they are also another free to play and they do microtransactions and all that stuff. And they do have a lot of birthday celebrations, anniversaries. But this game is like so generous. Like I feel like it's extremely generous compared to most free to play stuff. Mm -hmm. And I never feel bad about it. And it just keeps the, the vibe going, right? Like, like 
It doesn't cost you much. It keeps your players happy. Don't cheap out when it comes to something like that. I know it doesn't. And then look what happens. It's yeah. Pers- you get your review bomb to hell. And they're they're You know, I played it for a while. It is an addiction. And when you get in there, you're really dedicated. So it just, it's such a slap in the face though. Like you said, it's a digital thing. Just give people digital. Just things. Give it. It's, it's literally nothing. Just nothing. give them something. Yeah. Uh, last thing for me is just something I saw on Twitter about you. Uh, you had tweeted. Um, I will never understand the gamers who are uh, like, yes. I played this game for a hundred. Well, what 1247 hours and got all the achievements and fully maxed out all the classes and it's totally terrible one of the worst games out there do not recommend um yeah that's something you said because i can't believe that happens either oh yeah dude i mean that happens a lot like way more than i would ever think it got triggered because we were talking about world war z which we will talk about at the end of this show and i gotta say i was very surprised at how many people immediately like didn't walk they ran to twitter to tell me what a terrible game this was and how angry they were and like one of the people seriously was like oh yeah i played like every level and i maxed all the classes this game fucking blows and i'm like okay you listen to yourself dude yeah you're saying listen to yourself yes anyway we'll we'll get to world war z we will it's just i just i I saw that so i had to bring it up okay move on to your two things which are probably very very small boxes just a couple of quick things. Um, so number one, we're not going to talk about it on this show. Uh, but by the time the show comes up, the embargo will be down. Uh, talking about Phoenix Point, uh, I believe it's called the Behemoth Edition. Uh, this is coming from Julian Gollop, the guy who created XCOM back in the day. One of the main designers of XCOM. Uh, this is his new jam. He got together with a new publisher to kind of do his own thing. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what happened, like why he doesn't have the XCOM license anymore. I'm sure there's a story there, but long story short, he kickstarted this with a new company, got it off the ground. It's been on PC for a while. It is just now coming to console. I believe it's PlayStation and Xbox. I don't think it's come to Switch. Kind of a beefy game. Uh, And I, you know, I like his work. I've played other games by Julian Gallup that are not XCOM, and I think he's a really brilliant, talented guy. So I really wanted to give this a shot. I start up the game and I'm like, oh, my God. This is literally the next XCOM. Holy shit. Like, uh, everything about it is is XCOM to a T. And I love XCOM. I was going to say, um, that's a good thing, right? I love XCOM. I love me some XCOM. So I'm just scratching the surface. It, you know, as one might imagine, it's a pretty dense game. Lots of details. The battles are pretty, you know, pretty lengthy because you're, you're taking your turns and using strategy and stuff like that. Um, but I will talk about it on the show either next week or the week after. But man, so far big thumbs up i'm so excited and this is like legit the next xcom so if anybody had any hesitation or wasn't really sure like do not hesitate just jump in this is julian gallup doing the thing that he does best wait what's it called again it's called fuck it's phoenix it's i don't think it's called fuck it's not called fuck well this won't be on tiktok Ah, Phoenix, shit. Phoenix Rising? No, Phoenix Point. Okay. I was like, Phoenix Rising, Phoenix Wright. That's not right. What is Phoenix? Phoenix Point. Kind of a generic name. I know. I'm not in love with that name at all. No, it's kind of a generic name. I wish they had had something catchier, but it's Phoenix Point. And for consoles, it's the Behemoth Edition. Comes with all of the DLC that's been on PC up to this point, plus one brand new DLC. And it's really cool because when you start the game, it gives you this menu that says, you know, what difficulty would you like? And then here's all the different DLCs. Do you want to activate them or not? You can choose whether to have them in your game or not. So it's a really cool way to start the game and gives you a real brief overview of what's in there. Uh, Really nice package so far. So again, um, just scratching the surface right now. I'll have more to say about it later. But so far, wow, this is 
Next XCOM. More XCOM. Yeah. That's good. Very good stuff. The next thing I want to say, I'm just going to break away from games for a second here. Just to. What? I don't know. I know. I know. Uh, I know that we get on a soapbox every once in a while. Uh, not all the time, but sometimes I got to get back on the soapbox right now in terms of the COVID vaccine. Anybody listening, please go get your COVID vaccine. Do not take your horse paste. Do not take, do not huff no. hydrogen peroxide fumes. Don't inject bleach. Don't do any of those things that people are saying. Don't drink pomegranate juice or whatever shit. Wait, like wait, people are okay. saying. side note, pomegranate juice is good. So you drink, drink it. it. If you want to drink some yeah. juice, okay. do not drink it to stop yes, the COVID vaccine, yes, yes. the COVID virus, right? And I bring this up, um, number one, because you should. Number two, because it'll help everybody get back to normal, ASAP. Because if we're all vaccinated, that means we're all going to get sick a lot less, COVID under control, blah, blah, blah. But really why I'm bringing it up is because one of my closest friends in the world, one of the people I love the most, just got COVID this week. Uh, luckily, uh, they had their vaccine. And I'm really, really grateful that they did because if they hadn't, uh, they'd probably be in the hospital. They'd probably be at death's door right now. So I'm really, really grateful they got the vaccine. Uh, they they caught it just through some random occurrence, um, and they were being as careful as possible, but still caught it. I don't know if you would. I mean, I guess you would call it a yeah. I guess you would call it a breakthrough infection because they already had their vaccine, um, and they are sick. They're sick as fuck. I mean, they're not like dying sick, but they're like can't breathe. I'm choking on my own mucus. I've got a headache. I can't see. I'm tired. Yeah. All I can do is drink water and go back to bed. I mean, they're suffering, right? And they're suffering. They're not in a good way. And But if they hadn't had that vaccine, I mean, they might even be dead right now, dude. You know, a good so. analogy, and yes, this is great you're bringing it up. A good, uh, I guess analogy is the right word. But, like, I used to not get the flu vaccine. Um, and, you know, guess what? I got the flu. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean like, like yeah. it, I'm not saying it's a one to one thing, and it's it, I know it's a totally different thing. It's not a flu, but um, it's like why if things this thing's deadlier, why not yes. get something to like protect yourself against this thing that's deadlier than the flu? Because yes. I, I'm you know sicker than a dog from the flu sometimes just because I didn't take any precautions. And again, some people don't have to take the the, the flu vaccine and are fine. But is it's just giving you those odds, like you're saying. Right, right. And and just to be clear, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, what's the point of getting the vaccine if you can get sick anyway? Well, it's like it, it's harm reduction, right? Just like with the flu vaccine, you may still get the flu, but it'll be like a lot less. You like less you will sick. be sick shorter time. It yeah. won't be as severe. Same thing with COVID, right? Like if my friend hadn't had this vaccine, he, he could very likely be dead right now or be way sicker, intubated. Who knows? But now he just has like a really bad flu, which he's going to recover from, which is great. But, you know, it's like it's like wearing a seatbelt, right? You wear your seatbelt, you get into a car crash, you're still going to get hurt, but, like, you're going to be way less hurt than if you didn't have the seatbelt. Same thing for the vaccine. You might get sick, but you're going to get way less sick, way less chance of getting the long-haul symptoms and way less chance of being infectious uh, towards other people. So please, 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 you know, COVID is in my inner circle now. I have many friends who have caught in it. Uh, thankfully, everybody I know has been vaccinated, which is great, and I'm so, so thankful um, that nobody has been unvaccinated, but please, if you're listening, get your vaccine, take care of yourself, do it for yourself, do it for others. Just get the jab and just, you know, take care, be careful. Yeah. It's, it's, um, the first one, by the way, cause it's usually the, you know, you get two shots. Yeah. Two the parts. first one does nothing to you. So I don't know if people talk about that enough, but like generally you don't get too many symptoms. If, if none, a lot of people get none from the first one. Uh, and the second one, yeah, it knocks you down. But again, it knocks you down for one day. It's literally twenty four hours. Literally one day. Yes, and the next day, day, I was like, "Wow, I feel amazing." Yeah. Um, because again, your body t- takes it in. I literally got it as su- like literally. I was like sad that I couldn't get it sooner. But I remember like remember here in Washington, it was not available 
just like a lot of places. Yeah. And it was like doing this like uh, trickery through the emails going to sign up. I'll sign up here. I'll sign up here. You sign up all these different places to see where I can get it first. But I literally, um, I think I might have talked about it in the show, but I got it at Amazon uh, via um, the Virginia Mason, I think is the. Yeah, doc- local hospital, yeah, local Virginia hospital. Mason. Yep. They did it together and it was just a really good experience. But literally the very first second I could get in, I went. Um, I think it was like April, May, June. I don't, one of those did, you know? Yeah. And I was just in. And so, yeah, I've had it the whole time. And I just feel, you just feel like a, a sense of uh, security, you know? Because, like yeah. you said, even if you get it randomly, which, by the way, someone on TikTok, to bring it back to TikTok real quick, did the calculations on this. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll find this and send it to you. You can put it in the notes, I think. That'd be good to have. But right. some uh, woman did like calculations on her calculator, like, you know, odds of you getting sick, right, with, with no vaccine and blah, blah, blah. It was like one in five or one in 10 or something. It was like alarming, you know? Yeah, pretty pretty good odds that you're going to get it. Odds of you getting a breakthrough case uh, after having both shots of a Pfizer vaccine or Moderna, one in 20,000, yeah, all right? Way less. That's, That's a crazy way better difference. Odds. Way better odds, So, yes. like, I feel I'm walking around, like, a little bit feeling, you know, feeling a lot better, actually. One right, in 20,000? Right, right. And the other one was, like, one in 10 or one in eight. I'm like, oh, my goodness. So I mean, just look why at those wouldn't numbers. you? Yeah, why wouldn't you? Just please take care of yourself. Be smart. Get the vaccine. Protect yourself. Protect everybody. Just get with the program and please do it. And if you're listening to this podcast and being preached at right now, you're probably already smart. You're probably already cool. You probably already have the vaccine. I know. They're like, but just, just in case. Games. I know. Just in case. Please get it. Um, and don't lose anyone near to you. Don't. We don't need to like have more people die from this. Agree. Uh, okay. Back to games. Back to games. Okay. That is the housekeeping. I'm done. Are you finished as well, Carlos? Yeah. Am I talking about Tales of Rise in the actual uh, show, or am I going to do it here? Rise. You're going to do it here. One final thing from Carlos. He's talking okay. about Tales of Rise. Just because I want to do my final check-in because I've beaten the game. Hooray! How was it? It, it was epic, for sure. It was epic. Okay, that's not what I thought you were going to say, but okay, keep going. Uh, a couple little points here. One, you know, it takes a while to beat a RPG, so I always feel good about myself when I do. Like, I have accomplished something. Um, it was about 32 hours, the whole game. Oh, which, that's pretty That's pretty reasonable for an RPG. Oh, it's pretty reasonable, right? Um, and when, you know, you get to near the end of any game, you know, adventure game, a story-driven game, RPG... You're just, you're just mainlining it because you want to know what this outcome is. And so I really felt a little frustrated with the ending because it's definitely one of the most JRPG, JRPGs. It just never ends, and there's always that extra boss. And then yeah. not even just an extra boss. They're like, now we're going to go to a new realm. <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> no more realms. I already experienced points up my ass. I don't need any more realms. We only need one realm. One realm per game. There's many, many extra realms at the end of that game. Too many realms. And then there's a big monster, and you're like, okay, that's it. You beat him. He changes form. Of course. At least three times, right? Yeah. Well, this one was twice. But still, the first time I was like, I'm out of potions. <laughs> you know, like I can't do this. And they don't give you a shop in between. They're like, you're fucked. Whatever you picked to come here with. And then uh, at the end... This is not much, really much of a spoiler, but there's like another, you know, boss kind of. And that boss, there's two forms for him. The second time, to- the second form, you're not allowed to use health potions. Oh, geez. I'm like, there's no reason to do Get that. Get out of here. I know. I was like, if I if I didn't beat it that one time, though, you know how you're like on adrenaline high yes. to beat a boss? I'm like, if I don't beat it this time, I'm putting, the- I'm deleting this game. <laughs> like, <that's it. laughs> And so luckily I did beat it on that first try. 
uh, or I wouldn't have not went back to that. So I know that feeling, dude. I know yeah. that feeling of like it's now or never, and if it's not now, then fuck it. Fuck yes, it. I yeah. Get you. I get so, you. anyways, I I love that game. I, I didn't think I talked about it enough um, last time I talked about it, but it is very dark. It starts very dark. It gets a little bit video gamey in the middle, and then it ends kind of dark too. So that game is interestingly dark for an R- our JRPG. Um, I really did like the ending, and I'll say this last thing. Well, you did or did not like the ending? I really did like the ending. You did like the ending. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Because what the whole video game is about, it's mixing this idea of you know sadness and darkness and trouble that we all experience in the life and also just like I could call it evil or dark side or whatever. But it's also the whole game is a message of unity. It's literally about racism and working together instead of against each other. And I don't know, maybe that's like a JRPG thing at times, but they do it really, really well. And they're like really driving that point home because this whole thing is about the Renans and the Danans and these different races of people, but they're actually all, you know, we're just one human, right? Right, right, right. So I have to ask you, I have to ask you. Yeah. I need to know. And if this is a spoiler, you can tell me to just put a pin in it or something. But I need to know, was the actual treasure of the game the friends you made along the way? Nice. I think it was. Okay. Yeah, I think it was. All right. I think that's a spoiler, too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just spoiler warning. It was the friends you made along the way. No, no. I'll I'll spoil loss for you. And that's actually the answer to loss. Is that? (laughs) I think it's the spoiler for most things these days. It really is a spoiler to loss, though, if you've watched the end of that. Uh, And last, 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 last thing I'll say about Tales of Arise is I forgot to mention, but there's a lot of um, really great music, but one of the segment segments of one of the songs is Back to the Future. You mean from the actual movie? It's Back it's the, like the exact same theme. It's like dun, 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 whatever that thing is. I can't sing it now. Oh, like well, like the, the dramatic music when they're yes. like getting chased and stuff. Yeah, 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 something in the literally like bar for bar, and I'm like, how did they not get dinged for this? This is Back to the Future. Uh, I guess Robert Zemeckis is not paying attention. I guess he's not. Anywho, Tales of Rise is done. I'm very, very proud of myself for beating it. I think it's a great game. I think the enemies are still too bullet spongy, but I still recommend it. What a what a wild ride. All right. Tales of Arise. I've been hearing really nothing but good things about it from everybody that I've talked to. I don't know that it's my jam, although I do admit I am a little bit curious because I mean, everybody's loving it. But, you know, to be honest, a lot of people love the Tales series, and I've checked out earlier ones, and I'm like, none of them were my jam. So I may let this one go, but I am a little bit curious. Like, if somebody dropped it in my lap right now, I would play it, but I don't know that I'm going to go out of my way to try it. You have no time for this game. Yeah, I know. It's it's really easy to say I don't have time right now, because I actually don't. You don't, and I literally have time, and I was like, I don't think I'm going to finish this game. (laughs) So (laughs) that's what I'm saying. Moving on. Tales Arise, that was it. Uh, Okay, let's get to the main part of the show here, uh, here in episode 252. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. We're going to stick with you for now, Carlos. Let's talk about Unsighted. I don't know a lot about this one. I feel like somebody sent me a trailer or was talking about it, but it's kind of like a pixel, pixel based, what 2d action game or something like that. Yeah. There's so many of these games out there that I always wanted to wish we could just have like one like templated way that we call the game, like the description of it. Yeah. It's that isometric view. Okay. Uh, And it's pixel art. And it's an indie. And it's an indie. Let's come up with a word for that. Cause then we just say that each time. 
Well, we're going to workshop that. We're okay, gonna we'll workshop table that. that for now. But, but that's it's what called this game is. I have to ask you, are there graphics? I mean, are you the unsighted one? It would be so yeah, cool you if can't like, the see screen anything. was black. You can't see yeah, anything. No, no, no. There's, you just have to like visualize the pixel art, and then it's there in front of your face. All right. Uh, so tell us about Unsighted. No, Unsighted uh, uh, stands for something in the game, which I'll get to. But you play as um, a robot girl named Alma, and you basically wake up like a lot of video games with all of the many memories. Oh, I'm out. Okay, I'm out. out. That's it. That's it. Next review. I'm done Next with game. amnesia, man. Literally, I'm done. I can't do well, it. Well, no she more. is a robot girl. She's. It's not a person with amnesia. It's because you know, there's a lot I of stuff know. that happened to her. Amnesia. She's a... Your databank's been wiped. It's like six and one half dozen of another. Okay. Anyways, minus that, um, you know, it, it's it's a action game, so it's not really RPG, but you do get items and you can like do some skills and stuff. But it's more of an action game okay. where you run around and hit monsters and the like. But the story is really interesting because basically you're trying to, again, piece together what happened. And you are this like robot person running around a uh, laboratory in the beginning. And basically in the past, there was a big, huge battle with the humans and your kind, which are called automatrons. automatrons. Uh, and so basically you got to figure out what that history was, like what happened. Because uh, basically, it's a very ruined city that you're in, and of course, robots are everywhere. And the robots that are mean, not like you, they're called unsighted. So that's where that name comes. from. Are they from. not able to see? Uh, no, they can see because they attack the shit out of you <laughs> all the time. <laughs> they see pretty well. Um, but no, I just I don't really know if I know why that is what okay. they're called. But that's what they're called. And the pixel art is beautiful. Uh, fun little side characters. Uh, I like the Dodge a lot. They have a great Dodge. You know me and Dodge. If there's a good Dodge, I'm in. Uh, everything uses stamina, right? So there's a little stamina bar. That can get annoying at times, but it, so far I'm pretty okay. I just kind of know to dodge and get out of the way. Uh, your attack is really simple. In the beginning, you have some sort of melee weapon, and later on you can get different weapons and different skills. Someone has um, called it similar to Nier Automata, uh, for a few different reasons, but also on the style, I think, a lot. Would you say this is kind of like a Zelda-like? I'm looking at the trailer, and it seems like, you know, kind of isometric, top-down sort of action, and kind of like, kind of looks the way, like, Link to the Past or something, like the I kind know, of the way that... the camera is. But is, is it very Zelda-like or no? Well, that's what I'm saying. We we should maybe just make a tangent and figure this out now. we got to come up with a word for this, because it is not Zelda. Like, Zelda's definitely, like, less action-based than this, where you're, like, walking around doing puzzles. And you're attacking, but it's not like, you know, it's like simple swipes. This one just feels much more uh, frenetic, you know, where you're... It does look very fast. Like, are there combos? Is this like really like kind of a Devil May Cry sort of a yeah, or like um, sort of a thing? A lot of your pixel-based roguelikes, it's like those, you know, the action-based okay. ones. Gotcha. So it's gotcha. like that. So Okay. Again, we need a name for it. We'll um, come up with something. And there's also a time limit in this game which is like one of those rare things where the overall game has a time limit. Oh, wow. That's already stressing me out just hearing about that. It's stressful, but you can change it. Like there's a lot of accessibility in this game. So you can change uh, level difficulty. You can, I think, turn off that timer or at least like adjust it so it's like super slow. So okay. I, I did all that stuff in the beginning to just like be able to get through it, you know. Um, but in, in general, uh, it's a really, really fun time. Um, and I highly recommend it. It's an action-y... Uh, interesting adventure story about being a robot girl. Okay. 
That sounds good. I mean, I'm looking at the trailer. It looks like a pretty, like you said, frenetic, busy, action-y sort of a game. A lot of, a lot of hack and slash going on. So it seems pretty cool. Art's pretty good. Yeah, and it, it gets a little tough at times with that stamina meter. That's the only thing I wrote down is like my kind of thing that got me is like, you know, maneuvering around, like running out of stamina. And I won't, I'm not going to say Souls-like, but there's a couple, you know, robots that are huge. And you're like, okay, I've really got to plan this. You can't button mash, right? Like, okay, you okay. can button mash small enemies, but like I came up with a bunch of you know bigger guys, and I just couldn't do that anymore. So, tactical combat. There's definitely tactical to this, yeah. But a really interesting right. story, and I think that's another thing, a reason people will like it. Sounds like a pretty positive takeaway there. Yeah, I'm keeping it in my library. I'm playing it, and uh, I'll let you know when I finish it. All right, that is unsighted. You playing it uh, Steam, Switch, where you Steam playing with my Xbox controller. All right, excellent. Okay, up next is Voice of Cards. You and I have both played this, but you brought it to the agenda. I'll let you start off on this. This is the, there's a demo available on the Switch. That's where I played it. Yeah. And I didn't really know much about it, except it's coming from Square Enix. It's a card-based RPG. And I knew that uh, Yoko Taro, the guy yes. behind uh, Near Automata, was involved in this somehow. Uh, that's all I knew. I jumped in. I did try the demo. You also tried the demo. So, Carlos, why don't you lead off on this? Yeah, and near Automata Connection times two. Because it was. Yeah, right in a row. There you go. mentioned it in the other game. So, this game is really relaxing and fun. It's a card based RPG. Um, we had just talked a little while ago about how I don't like Gwent and I don't understand it still. <laughs> and I get mad about it just hearing the word. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm like getting when it makes me it. angry. In fact, you wouldn't like me when I'm angry. You wouldn't like me when you say the word Gwent. <laughs> um, so this game is not that. It's a very simple, simple type of combat game with cards, and that's what I'm here for. Like I love that kind of thing because okay. I do like card games. I like Hand of Fate um, and a couple oh, that's other a great games. One. I love Hand of Fate. Yeah, yeah, but those are again they they just kind of make sense to me. They're closer tied to like this game is to the, um, what is it called? Like the pen and paper games, right? Where you're rolling dice. And tabletop RPGs. Tabletop sort of RPGs thing. and choose yeah. your own adventure books. Like if you get closer to that with a card game, I'm all in. And I think Hand of Fate did that really well too. They did. Uh, so this one does that like perfectly. There's literally even segments of the game where you throw dice, which is so cool. So how it takes place is uh, you play as three characters who are heroes going to retrieve something, treasure, you know. Something, something treasure something something treasure, treasure. Yes. go fight monsters again so simple but i love it uh the art style by the way and all the cards so beautiful like incredibly awesome looking uh anime style jrpg style near automata style and you go off into this landscape of cards and you have a little um what's it called not a cursor or a pawn it looks like a pawn actually you just have like a little like a, a chess piece or something that yeah, you're moving yeah. around. Yeah. And you're moving that around on all the different cards, and the cards reveal themselves as you get closer to them, kind of like a Shadow of War thing. And when you get to them, you can see that there are different things like, uh, you know, towns or an inn or monsters and or people you can talk to. And so that's how That was how the weird the, thing. Like the, the, the landscape is made of cards. So like you yeah. go to the castle, the castle is made up of cards that are like face down. So like, you know, if you had card different colored card backs like you know you could make a shape on a table out of cards and that's exactly what this looks like it was a very interesting presentation yeah and then the other presentation that's cool because that looks really interesting to look at is when you do combat it switches to literally like they drop down a 3d table 
And they go, here's a little table with all these accoutrements. Ooh. That was a nice pr- pronunciation there. Thank you. And there's like this little bag of gems that you're going to use, and there's dice, and then there's your, your cards. And it just feels like almost first person you're playing a game now. Um, and I kind of like that presentation. And then you do the combat, which is, again, so basic. You know, there's attack cards. There's uh, special powers you can use for the gems that I mentioned. There's uh, you can read, you know, pick cards from your hand, and the combat is just super simple, easy to pick up, and I just really like liked it. Unlike another word, I'm not gonna say. Gwent. No idea. Oh, (laughs) Gwent. (laughs) It makes me bad when I hear the word. Oh, you wouldn't like Carlos when he's playing Gwent. No. So I really, really like everything about it because it's really simple. All that being said, it's a demo, and I only like got to the woods in the west area, so I'm not, I didn't really finish the demo yet. But um, I was finding a bunch of monsters. I went to town. I thought was really interesting, and I, then I'd love to hear your take, is that the cards themselves with the characters on them move around like they're like actual characters in the game, like they, they gesture and stuff. Yes, which was kind of like the card itself. Yes, is doing that. Yes, it's yeah. weird. Like, like the, yeah, there's a woman who like needs to be carried to the apothecary or whatever, and she's like, you know, you pick her up. Like one of the other cards goes over to the other card and picks up the card. It's like a card picking up a card. Yeah, yeah. and then they get yeah. there and then she gets healed and she, then she jumps up and down. Her card jumps up and down. I was like, I think this is cool. It's a little weird, but uh, it was interesting. So, what what are your thoughts? I, I really liked it. It's it seems simple and and fun. I mean, I appreciate that they commit to the bit, right? Like the world made out of cards. You got the marker that moves on the cards, the cards touching on the cards, cards moving like cards. Like that was cool. I appreciate that they're like, we're doing fucking cards and goddamn it, we're going to do it all the way. Like I get it. Like, and I like it. Like, I think that's very great artistically and aesthetically. I think it's interesting. I mean, I played the demo. I didn't play a ton of it. Um, The art style to me is not exactly to my taste. It's a little bit on the too sweet side and too kind of, too anime for me. I'm not a huge um, fan of that kind of visuals. Uh, I like something a little grittier, a little bit more, a little more juice to it. Um, but it looks fine. I mean, it looks great. It's not ugly by any means. It's just no, no. a taste thing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like going through it, I, people were talking and I'm like, okay, there's a lot of talking and doing this thing, doing the battles. I mean, it seems fun, but this kind of presentation uh, and this kind of project, I, I was very reserved, right? Because I knew it was a demo. I didn't want to like read all the stuff. I didn't want to talk to all the people because the demo is going to be over and then I'll have wasted my time. Right. So I just dipped in really quickly. But what I saw, I'm like, yeah, I can see myself playing this. Like if it came out, uh, you know, especially on the switch, I don't know if it's coming to other platforms or not, but something that I would play like, you know, in bedtime, like it seems pretty chill, seems pretty laid back. I mean, how, how high paced uh, can it be if you're just on the cards? I mean, it can't right. be that, you know, not action based by any means, which by the way um, is why I like, like it a lot. I almost said love, but I'm, I'm not going to, I'm just, oh, that's a step too far. I We're know. just starting out here. Carlos. I know. It's too yeah, take it slow. Take it slow. Take it slow. I like you. I mean, I no, I fucked it up. <laughs> I love, I mean, I like you. Yes, I'll, I'll fix exactly. that in editing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that for me, I'm playing on my PlayStation and oh, okay, cool. I'm actually just like lounging on my couch and going from, you know, such an intense RPG as tales of rise and hitting 12 buttons at once and worrying about all the health potions I don't have. This is like a nice break and you're still doing RPG stuff, but it's so much like a card game. And yeah, it literally is just cards and there's an RPG in there. But I, yeah, I like the fact that we're doing dice rolls. I could just relax as like an overused word I say on this podcast, but a meditative experience. And I was just chilling. 
So yeah, very I think, chill. Very I think chill. it'll be a low price point too. And if it is, you know, it's not like thirty, forty dollars. If it's like twenty, maybe. Um, I think twenty is as high as I would go with this. Yeah, if I it was like 20. fifteen, that's a lock. Twenty depends on how busy I was that day. If I had nothing else to play, I'd grab it. Probably fifteen is what I'm looking at. I feel like it's gonna be twenty, and that's gonna be a great price for it. And I'm hoping so. And yeah, I like it. Yeah, I kind of liked it too. I didn't, I didn't go all in, but I definitely want to see more of it. So I think that's a that's a pretty positive from both of us there. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, that is, it's Voice of Cards, but it's called something else. It's Voice of Cards. Something, like something. The Sleeping Dragon Awakens because someone nudged him and he woke up from his nap or something like that. That's it's exactly like a real long time it. Wow, you got it perfectly right. Thank you, thank you. All right, moving on. Wait, 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 wait. Ta- another yes. word, and another name for it is called Not Gwent. Not Gwent, yes. Voice of Cards, Not, not Gwent. Gwent. Uh, talking for a minute about Dandy Ace. This is a new isometric action-based roguelike, which has just come to, I believe, all the platforms. Uh, this was one of the games that was featured in the Xbox uh, Summer of Demos uh, event that happened a couple oh, months ago. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you play a magician who is sucked into a, I don't know, randomized world by his uh, enemy magician, uh, and he has to use cards, magic cards, to make his way through this world. Uh, The world is basically just like a bunch of hallways and rooms. It's not super fancy, but they're just like little combat arenas. Uh, The trick to this game, though, is that you have a menu uh, when you pause the game, And every card that you have can be put in either one of two slots. The first slot is the primary slot. Second slot is like the support slot. So you can mix and match cards the way that you want to, and it changes the effect of the card. So let's say, for example, uh, you get one card that's like a a Cupid's arrow, and it shoots an arrow, and if it hits a guy, then it it charms them, which means they do not attack you. And then you also have uh, five cards that you can throw like like throwing stars. Uh, You can use each one of those on their own, but if you want to connect them you can uh, alter their effects so let's say that you put the the arrow first as the primary and then you put the the five cards like as the support uh it like it might have like a split arrow or it might have like some kind of a a different effect to it like an explosion effect or something and if you flip those then you still throw the cards like throwing stars but then they'll have a charm effect on them so you can kind of like go back and forth you have a bunch of cards you buy some you unlock some you find some and you can only hold i think eight total which is four primary four support um, so it's, it's, it's real time. It's very fast paced. Um, I think some of the combat is pretty brutal at times. Like there's a lot going on. Like you definitely need to like wake up, have a cup of coffee, play this game because you've got to be firing on all cylinders. But I do think it's really neat because, um, just the way that the cards interact and you do get a pretty good vibe. Like it feels good. Snappy to control. Like it's real easy to figure out how the cards work. And I think that the different effects you can find are nice. I mean, of course, the big problem with a game like this, which I'm sure everybody listening to the podcast is thinking right now, yeah, but Hades exists. Okay, yes. Yeah. Hades exists. This is basically like a lower, I mean, I don't want to say, it's like it's like a lower octane Hades. If you like the idea of Hades where like you get the different weapons and the weapons have these different powers, you get the different Olympian powers, and how that all plays out, basically the exact same here, but on a smaller scale. Like they did not have the budget and the team. But it's kind of the same thing. So if you like that Hades vibe, I think this is a really good alternative. I think it's cute, uh, good action, tense action, uh, you know, high adrenaline. And I think the card system is really neat. Uh, I've been dipping into it a couple of rounds a day, and I think it's really good. It's definitely challenging. So bring your your Twitch skills. Uh, but I think it's pretty good. I'm, I'm noping out right now, as you yeah. know. <laughs> Roguelike, I already noped out. But if it's uh, turn-based, because we found out I like turn-based roguelikes, 
I'm in. But this is just, yeah. I mean, it's just too much. Um, yeah. For people who like this, like you said, it looks great. And by the way, I got to go on a tangent. Um, when people say like, oh, this is like a low rent whatever game, right? Like this is like Souls-like or this is like Hades. You know, I'm looking at the art style. It's really cool. And it's about a magician. It's a different game, motherfuckers. Like just because a game is using same mechanics, you, you know, one isn't better than the other, right? Yeah, it might do the mechanics, I don't know, tighter or something. But I just feel like this is telling a different story. I, I just don't know why people like put two games that have similar mechanics together so much. I mean, that's fair, but at the same time, I do feel like these games are very much in the same basket. Like, even though, like, one is cards and one is using, like, Olympian gods or whatever, like, when you get down to it, it's really all about, like, modifying a weapon and then changing that weapon if you like to, which is kind of the jam of Hades, also the jam of Dandy Ace. Uh, I feel really bad for the Dandy Ace team because, I mean, this game must have been in development at the same time as Hades, and then, boom, here comes Hades, wins every award possible, mm. everybody loves it. I feel bad for those guys. I feel I get, like you kind of ate their lunch. I get what you're saying, but I'm going to double down on that because it's just a different story. It's a different art style. And even if it's using, the, I mean, the exact same mechanics if it was, like you said, people are making games for years. So you don't know when it's going to be the same. Yeah. But just take games for based on what, you know, you like the art style, you like the story bit, or you like the soundtrack. I don't know. There, there's different things. So I don't know. I just don't like when people compare like um, two games with the same mechanics. It's just weird to me. I mean, it's it's not the same game by any, by any means, but if you like Hades, there's a very good chance you're going to like this one because right. there's a lot of similarity. And that's a good thing. There you go. So Dandy Ace, I think it's good. If you want a Twitch-based, action-based roguelike, uh, it's pretty good. I, I'm digging it. It's pretty good. Uh, next, uh, talking about Suzerain, S-U-Z-E-R-A-I-N, Suzerain. Uh, this is, I'm guessing this must have been on PC forever. It just got ported to the Switch. And this is, it's very tough to describe. What it is, is it's a political intrigue simulator. Uh, you play the president of a fictional country. And the intro of the game is actually pretty badass. I think it's really clever and really well done. You start off as like a low-level executive, and then you get to make choices. But like, you, you pick a choice like, do I want to work in the treasury? Or do I want to work in social services? Just like an A or B choice. As soon as you make that choice, like the game fast forwards like five years and it's like, OK, you've been working here and now you um, have advanced to like supervisor. And now that you're here, what kind of supervisor are you? Are you nice or are you mean? And like, you know, it asks you like a bunch of those questions in rapid succession. So mm -hmm. like at the end of like three minutes, you have gone through like 30 years of this guy's life, made like 15 or 20 different choices that define who he is as a person. And then you end up as the president of the country that you're in. So it kind of like really quickly starts you from zero, gets you up to 100 and gets you into the position where you're at. But it doesn't feel like you don't know what's happened because you've seen it every step of the way, just in a highly condensed form. So you've just like fast forwarded through this guy's rise to the presidency, which is actually a pretty neat trick. Very cool thing. Let me ask you a question. Is that like, yeah. uh, like making the decision of what the characters like then like giving it traits and stuff or like who you, you are? You know, I believe so. Yes. I haven't seen exactly how it all plays out, but I think it really defines who your friends are what policies that you're going to be leaning towards, what people will expect of you. Yeah. And like it factors in, in a bunch of different ways. Uh, this is a really deep game. Uh, it was much deeper than I was bargaining for. Uh, caught me by surprise. So you start playing this. It's basically like in the structure of a visual novel where you see portraits of people, they talk to you, they offer you choices. You'll be like in the presidential office and a little portrait of yourself there. And your, your secretary will come in and he'll be like, Oh my God, we need to uh, work with the opposition party. We can either a, 
give them everything they want or B negotiate or C fuck those guys. And we're going to like, you know, take it to them and like, you know, whatever you want. And as you do that, like it totally impacts like all these other choices that happen. And I mean, the level of intrigue, it's just like circles upon circles upon circles about who is getting paid off by who and who likes who and who had a backstory with who. It's very dense. It's like reading like War and Peace, like the novel where there's like a thousand different characters and there's all these threads that connect them all. And you have to remember what kind of president you want to be and the people you're dealing with. Are they nice? Do they are they honorable? Are they going to backstab you? Who knows? Can you pay them off? If you do, you're going to get caught if you want to be a straight shooter is that going to hurt you because it makes you look like a square like there's like a thousand different little political visual novel choices that happen and you're on this map and there's like this giant map of all these different places you can visit and there's different events i mean it's like a massive like really super detailed game with a lot of moving parts and a lot of things happening and a ton of story and a ton of reading it's very cool i think it's very sophisticated i think it's very smart and if you are a politically minded person, you're going to like eat this up with a spoon. I, I can't think of anything else I've played that has even come close to like how detailed and how rich this is in terms of like the political stimulation. Wow. Um, it reminds me of that, yeah. it reminds me of that game that I brought up, um, I don't know, years ago at this point, probably. But there was a game where you like you're playing as like trying to save capitalism or something or democracy. Remember? It, mm, you, was it like you? I think it was one of the election simulator or something like that. It was, yeah, maybe that was it. Yeah, something I don't know. Anyways, I like these styles of games. Um, I'm reading some of the stuff on Steam. It came out in um, December of 2020 on Steam. So you said you just got ported to what? Uh, I'm playing it on Switch. Switch, yeah, yeah. And by the way, can you read it okay with the text and everything? That was my number one concern before I before they sent me the code and they did send me a code from the publisher uh, for the purpose of talking about it here on the show, which I'm doing right now. Uh, I, my number one thing was like, whoa, 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 slowly roll. If I can't read this, I don't want you to send me the code because this is like when I looked at it really quickly on Steam, I'm like, oh, my God, there's so much text and the every, icons are so small. How is this going to work? Um, I do feel like they did a good job of porting it. I, I can't remember if the text is alterable or not, but I remember when I was going through it. I was not struggling. I think oh, they did a good, good job of porting it. I read the text okay. Uh, and, you know, I don't have the best eyesight. I'm getting to be, you know, my old age here. And I think it's, I was able to read it just fine and keep up. So good job on that port. Uh, I did not have any problems with, with the legibility, which is a good thing. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I played it for a couple hours and I, my head was just like exploding. It's something that you really got to dive into, like whole hog. And I did not have the spare brain power, but I, I like what I saw. Like I thought it was very cool and I respect it a lot. So if you're looking for a really, really rich political sim, and honestly, we never get these kind of games on console, no. like ever, ever. Mm-mm. So check it out. Suzerain, I think, is pretty cool if you are that kind of player. Real quick, uh, on Steam, someone says it's um, a text-based RPG, really. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it definitely. But geez, like so many choices, so much so many political choices, entry. Yeah. yeah. And then one of the comments says, I just got to read this because I think that's what you've been saying. Uh, this game is not at all what it, what it appeared to be at first. This isn't Civilization. This isn't Risk. In this game, your choices have a permanent impact, sometimes with compounding results that lead to a domino effect, ending with your demise. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, the ending can really, you know, make uh, a big difference based on what you pick. So I love that. Oh, I bet. I bet. Yeah. As I was as I was just kind of skimming through it, I'm like, oh, I bet if I choose this, that's going to fuck me over later. And nope, I better not choose this because that's going to come back and bite me. So it's definitely one of those. Make a choice now. Keep your fingers crossed. Hopefully it's going to pan out for you in the future. But you never know what's connected to what and who's going to get mad about what it's just very rich very detailed so very cool check it out on the switch but also i'm just looking on the steam page it's 11 dollars at steam 
So nice. Good go. price. There you go. Suzerain. All right. Turning it back over to you, Carlos. Although both of us have played this game, it's called A Juggler's Tale. Uh, this is a game. It's a 2D platformer, puzzle platformer, where you play a little girl puppet who is literally attached to strings. Or I guess she's more of a marionette. She's I a marionette. Marionette. Yep. Excuse me. Yes. She's a marionette, a puppet attached to strings. The strings go up to the top of the screen. And the premise of the game is that there's kind of like this. I don't know, omniscient puppeteer or marionetteer. What do you call a person? Mm, Operator? I like I what, what you just call said, marionetteer. I don't think that's right, but I like <laughs> I don't think it's it right sounds. either, but you're the dude holding the strings, and he's like a character in the game. He's like the narrator uh, of the story, and he's also controlling you, although you're kind of controlling a character yourself. And that's like the premise. Like It's like you're a marionette going through a world, and your strings are attached, and it's a puzzle platformer. So we both played it. Carlos, I'm going to let you take over since I've been talking for a while. What did you think of A Juggler's Tale? Yeah, the beginning of the game, just like, hey, you're in a bar and like someone's going to like entertain you. And hey, look, it's those marionettes. And it kind of opens up on a little marionette scene. And then you actually go into the game, the actual graphics, which is, you know, 2D, 3D style, where it's like 3D graphics on a 2D plane. 2.5D, 2.5D. We really need like temple that is That's the term. No, is that it? is what it's okay, called. Okay. It is. Yeah, that's what it's called. So 2.5D, um, and, but I want to play a 4D game. <laughs> Come on, guys. Let's work on it. I think it's that chessboard on Star Trek. That's the 4D oh, game. Oh, right. That's already happened. Yeah. Um, so anyways, you yeah, you have these strings that are above you uh, all the time, um, and basically you have to go left to right. It's similar to like a limbo-type game where you're you know just going and finding new things or puzzles, and there's light action, and you can jump. But you start in the game in a pretty dark, position where you are you know doing some tricks because that's what you're there for is to, to entertain people and you're doing tricks and you have to like learn the mechanics while jumping over this bear and then at some point you go back to your cage because that's how this game starts and you're like i gotta get out of my cage yeah uh, i didn't expect that whole cage thing they kind of caught me by surprise there. no it was really weird um but when you finally get out, that's the, your story really starts, and the narrator picks up even more, and he's like, eh, and then she escaped, and then she went on an adventure. So first off, that narr- narrator talks a little bit too much, all right? <laughs> Maybe just calm down, narrator. Well, and everything rhymes, and sometimes... Oh, he doesn't need a rhyme. Come on. It's like, I mean, I, real talk. I realize it's hard to make it rhyme, but if you're going to make it rhyme, make it rhyme, because there's a bunch of times when it's just like, kind of right you're right it was it was making me mad i'm like dude no if you can't make it rhyme then don't make it rhyme yeah fall off a cliff and then it went over to the watery if yeah yeah, exactly like Like, like, yes exactly same yes don't do that so i don't want the rhyming and i want i don't want as much voiceover we just played a game where i thought there was too much voiceover what was it oh my goodness i forgot but um we play all the games so i don't that kind of bothered me because he really does talk all the time and it's I was just like, talk a little less. Um, but then he also helps you. So if you, in quotes, die ever, then he just picks you back up, which is really interesting. And he just puts you out of the water or gets you out of danger. And so you really can't, in quotes, die, but you can. But then you just get picked up again. I thought that was a very interesting use of the setting where, like, like you said, you fall into a pit. The dude just picks you up by the strings and puts you back on a platform. Very neat use of the premise i thought that was cool yeah he's like no you didn't die that way (laughs) it was actually this you were fine um so there's that thing there's the other thing is that is really weird but also interesting is that you're on strings 
other things are sometimes on strings. Um, I think most of the time out into the world, they aren't on strings. But in the beginning, the bear is for some reason. I guess there are characters. Yeah, there's a yeah. bear. There's a wolf. There's the other. Wolf there's other too. people. That's right. Yeah. So some things are. Some things aren't. That's a little weird to me. I don't know why. Um, secondly, your strings can get stuck, and that's like the main objective of a lot of puzzles: is how do you keep going with this marionette strings attached to you? Uh, again, I found that to be so. I was so surprised that that was a thing because I expected as you're walking from left to right, your strings would just like pass through things, or like it would be. Those things would be in the background, but no, like the main hook of the game is like your strings get caught on shit all the time. Yeah. It was, it's totally like, I did not see that coming at all. It's like marionette nuisance game. It's like, <laughs> what would be a nuisance? Dealing with that strings is, all the time. Oh my God. That is actually exactly what this game is. And Marriott, Marriott nuisance Newsome. Yes. Uh, also, by the way, it's Unravel. Remember Unravel did the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But you were like, in that way, it was like, it was, you tied yourself to something in Unravel and whatever you tied yourself to, you'd be stuck to. But this one, it's like you always have to look out for overhead barriers like tree branches right. or rooftops or something because you have to like have the strings somehow get through. And it's it's a very strange challenge. I, I got to admit that I got stuck on one of the dumbest puzzles, and I want to see if you did too. But I felt the real... The answer is yes. The answer is yes. What, what, I got one? stuck on every single one. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to tell you the one I felt really bad about. Okay, go ahead. Is uh, you walk up at some point, there's like a river... And there's all this water around. You have these little planks of wood. So you throw the plank of wood down, and then you just like you jump on the plank of wood, and then you keep jumping, right? Well, then I can't make the next jump, and I just yes. kept dying like yes. forever. And I go, wait, am I supposed to like land on some specific stone or something? And the answer was you had to go back, back to the left, which games usually don't do in the left to right game, and find old pieces of wood and then put them down like in a row. That took me a while. That was a strange, like, okay, so, like, real talk, I, I feel like I got stuck on every single puzzle, which <laughs> really? is weird because, yeah, like, honestly, like, something about the puzzles in this game just did not mesh with my brain, and I don't know why, because it was, I mean, I, I don't feel like it's a super hard game, but something about it just, ah, man, it just kind of wigged me out. Um, The one that you did, uh, where you have a river to cross, you have to grab planks, put them down. I kept looking. So like what happens is you get these planks, you walk backwards, get the planks you pass because you weren't looking at them the first time. Now that you know you need them, you go back to pick them, you throw them in the water and then there's still not enough to make it across. And I'm like, well, what, where I, I went back so far that the guy was like, are you quitting? Are you giving up? Don't be a <laughs> loser. Why are you going back so he's far? He's got to say something. And I'm like, where are the other planks? I can't find any of the planks. I got really frustrated. And then, you know, you probably know this already. You get to the end of the planks where there's there's no way you're going to make the jump. I just jump because fuck it. I don't know what else to do. And then the guy's like, yeah, okay, I'll save you. And he just like pulls you up by your strings and deposits you on the end of the other shore. Yeah. I'm like, that was a very unsatisfying puzzle. And it, like you said, I agree with you that a lot of them don't like make sense right away. Where other ones, especially these early ones, should just be like, okay, basically thing, you know, here and there. But yes. like I got stuck on a bunch. And the last one I got stuck on, I couldn't beat. And I'll mention it now and see if you beat it. But I couldn't beat it. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I'm kind of liking the atmosphere of this game. I want to keep seeing what's happening. But there was a huge tree with the like the the flinging action. Mm. Did you get to the huge tree? It's past the spider. I did get to the spider. I got past the spider. The part that I got to was you're trying to sneak past a bunch of bad guys, and you have to hide behind some boxes. 
and I got pretty far, but then I died because one of the guys caught me. Uh, I was sawing a log. Did you saw the log? No, no. I was right before that, I think, because it was like this huge tree branch where it flings you up, and but then you have to keep the torch lit. And I was yes. like, how do I keep the torch lit? Well, it goes out all the time. Yes, I did get past that one. What you do in that puzzle, and this is not really a spoiler because it's like literally like pretty early. In the it's game. a deep cut in the puzzle scene. <laughs> you throw the you throw the torch that you're carrying at that time while it's raining. You throw it on on top of the base of the branch. The tree branch will like recoil, but you throw it so far behind it that it relaxes, and then you jump on top of it and run where you threw the torch and pick it up before it goes out from the rain. Oh, that's too confusing. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Yeah. I, I had to do something similar right before that where you had to throw the torch like into the log or something and then jump over it. That can't have made more sense, but that I don't know. Some of these puzzles. Well, I got I got a little bit further. I only got I think maybe one puzzle further than you where you're you're hiding from these bad guys. You're hiding behind like logs or something and you have to saw a log really quickly and then you have to push it and I wasn't sure what I was supposed to do exactly like where to push it or what happens. I got caught by the guy and then it put me like pretty far back. And I'm like, ah, like this is too far back. Like, I don't want to do this part again. And I, it was really frustrating because the puzzle that I was doing was already frustrating enough. And then to have to go that far back. I mean, it's not like half an hour. It, you know, I, I'm sure this is very petulant and people think I'm just being like weak sauce right now. But like my patience for being set back after failing a puzzle. I mean, my, real talk, like you got to be right there. Like, don't make me redo even 30 seconds. I want to just be right there and try right. it. And I just, all I just, the best yeah. ones do that, right? Like the limbos exactly. of the world. We have learned that lesson. People don't want to redo a bunch of stuff. And this wasn't this wasn't extreme, but my frustration was already pretty high because I kept getting stuck on these puzzles, which just didn't make sense to my brain. And then to be set back, I was like, okay, this is too frustrating. It's, just, it's like one notch more than I am up for right now. I don't know how I feel about this game. I mean, again, I liked some of the graphics were really beautiful. It um, is beautiful. It's really beautiful. And I think that's the weird thing is because I think I feel like it's a really experiential game where you're supposed to just take in the backgrounds. The music is great. The visuals are great. Like you're walking across a field and you can see really far. And I'm like, oh, this is beautiful. Like the wheat's blowing and there's mountains. And it's just it's very scenic and picturesque. But then you get to a puzzle and you're like, this is like frustrating. Why is it so frustrating? Right. And what's interesting about these kind of games, just as a small tangent, is that that puzzle that we just talked about, like we talked about three of them, how to how to beat them, the initial time you do it, there's a little bit of ding moment, like, oh, and you feel okay. But like mm. you said, if you have to go back and do it again, and it's based on timing, like a lot of this is like throwing a physical object somewhere, yeah. and the rain making it go out, you're like, no, I don't want to do that again. Because the initial time was cool. I was like, whoa, that's how you do it. But now I have to do it again exactly that same way. I think that's the problem with the puzzles because it just feels like you got to nail it or I don't know. I got confused a lot. I'm so on the fence with this game. I feel like it, it's a strange game because I feel like it seems like it wants to be one of those. It, it kind of reminded me a little bit of um, uh, an art or the artful escape where it's kind of like it's all about the presentation. It's all about the music. It's all about the visuals and the gameplay is just kind of there to kind of carry it along. And in this case, I feel like it is very beautiful. Like we haven't really talked about the graphics, but the graphics are really beautiful. The music, I think, is great, right? Kind of outstanding. I really like the music a lot. Um, but then I kind of expected to kind of just coast through the levels. Right. And then I got to these puzzles, which sometimes were like physics-based, or sometimes were just like a little bit more, just, non, I don't want to say they're nonsensical, but just, again, for whatever reason, I couldn't process them with my own thought process. And I just, 
was getting a little bit frustrated and the, the checkpoints. So I think those two things are in contrast with each other, where if it was more puzzly, I would want like more direct action, uh, more checkpoints, and just to kind of really iterate on those puzzles really quickly. But I kind of feel like it's really just about the narrator saying the story while you're walking through pretty places. So I well, don't know. Well, it could be. That's the thing. I think both of us are thinking that same thing because especially if you're going to start this game with such a story driven theme and the fact that you're not even real. Right. And that you're not even you can't even die. Like we just said, one of the puzzles you get saved from. Right. Yeah. But then yeah. that's not consistent. Because the next exactly. one, you have to do exactly a perfectly. God damn it. That's based. a good point, Carlos. That is an excellent point. I'm, Thank I'm you. glad you said that because I did not put that together. But you're right. It is kind of inconsistent. Sometimes the narrator saves you and sometimes he doesn't. What's up with that? It's got to be consistent. Maybe that's why I was getting frustrated yeah. with it. This is, this yeah, is, more, know, this is also, more frustrating to me than Gwent. Oh, my God. One final thing, and let's just move on really quickly. Okay. This game is called A Juggler's Tale. And I was like, why is it called A Juggler's Tale? I had no idea why it was called that until. Uh, the part that I got to when the narrator refers to your character as a juggler girl. And I'm like, really? Oh, she you missed the miss. You missed the beginning. The very first scene when she leaves the uh, cage and stuff, she juggles across the log. I mean, that's not very much. No, that's she did it very... once. She did it once. <laughs> she did it once for a second in the beginning of the game. And you call it the juggler's tale. I would expect juggling to, to be a larger part. I tell you, I, I know. Okay. In their defense, I think it's because she comes from the circus. So she's they get kind of called that circus marionette girl. I mean, I just feel like it's kind of like if you got to sell the juggling part, if you're going to call it a juggler's tale. Right, right, right. It's a marionette nuisance um, circus girl. Yes. Boy, don't these strings get stuck on a lot of stuff game. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Okay. That is a juggler's tale. Seems like we're pretty mixed on that one. It is beautiful, though. I took a lot of screenshots. <clears throat> it is very beautiful. Okay. Moving on. I'm going to talk briefly about uh, Death's Gambit. I believe it's called the Afterlife Edition. Uh, will you look that up real quick? I feel like yeah. I'm getting that wrong. Is the Afterlife this Edition an older game? It has been out for a while on Steam. I believe it was also on PS4, probably on Xbox as well. This is a 2D Metroidvania uh, with pixel art. Really, really beautiful detailed pixel art. Came out a couple years ago. Uh, but it's also, in, in addition to being a Metroidvania, it takes a lot of inspiration from the Souls-like genre. And I think a lot of the Souls people uh, were playing this one in between the other FromSoft games. And that's kind of how it got uh, its 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 reputation as being in that bucket. Um, it's called the so Afterlife th- Definitive Edition. Okay, thank you. The Afterlife Definitive Edition. I'm playing it on Switch, uh, and I believe that the stuff in this game is going to be eventually coming to all the platforms. But right now, the Afterlife Edition, I believe, is focusing on Switch. Uh, for a limited time. Uh, basically, they took the original Death's Gambit game, again, a Souls-like flavored Metroidvania, uh, with weapons, equipment, combos, you know, different character classes, that whole thing, uh, and they expanded on it. They, they they sanded off a lot of rough edges, they fixed the map a little bit, they added a bunch more bosses and stuff. So this is definitely the, the bigger version, the more complete version uh, than what people got a couple years ago. And uh, it's pretty well received. I, I had not played it before, but I'm playing it for the first time now. I think it's actually pretty nice. I mean, full disclosure, I'm kind of done with the Metroidvania formula in general. Uh, but I feel like I'm still kind of on board with the Soul stuff. I think it's pretty good. A lot of the designs in this game really feel like smart uh, smart takes on what FromSoft has done. And most of these choices are to make the game more palatable and less aggressive towards the player. Um for example, uh, when you die, you don't lose your souls, so you don't have this like giant resource loss. 
um, when you're back at your campfire, which is, of course, kind of like Souls, where you do everything, you have these um, like little uh, healing items. You have you collect them as you go through the game. Uh, they're like feathers. You can hold. I mean, at the time that I stopped playing, I think I had six or seven feathers. If you need to use those for life, each one gives you a certain life up. But if you feel like you're playing pretty good, you feel like you're not taking a lot of hits, you don't need seven life ups. You can be like, well, I will sacrifice two of these. I'll keep five in case I need to use them. But I'll take two away and I'll put those towards giving myself plus 15% attack and plus oh. 15% defense. What's that game that used that same style, the, the black and white uh, looking one with the gothic -y, And you made me play it and I was playing it. Uh, during the summer, <laughs> I made you play it. You did. I, I don't remember, but other games have done this. It's not a very common thing, but there are some games that do this where they let you decide um, how to use your life ups, you know, reallocate those if you don't really need all that help. It's a cool idea. I think it's really cool. Another cool idea is that if you are really thorough about searching your environment, which kind of plays into the Metroidvania aspect, you can find these books, and the books give you intel on the next boss. And like you find one book and it's like, oh, you do plus five damage to the boss or plus five percent. And if you find two or three books then you do plus 15 percent damage, like you're kind of learning about their weaknesses, you know. So like if you take the time to comb through the levels, um, it actually pays off for you because you're doing way more damage to the boss. I thought that was a pretty cool thing. So there are definitely some some choices that make it more player friendly. And I think they're all pretty nice additions to the formula. That's pretty good. I like that a lot. Um, on the other side of the equation, I do feel like the controls are really overcomplicated and I was struggling with it. Um, even after an hour or two, I was still hitting the wrong button and trying to remember like what button did what, like, I feel like it's a little bit too much. You have like uh, a shield button, an attack button, a heavy button. There's like a special attack button. You hold the shield button and another button to do a slide. There's also a jump. Uh, there's like some kind of a roll or something. Then you have like a, a ranged weapon, and then you have uh, other abilities, you have items you can use. Like, there's a lot going on in terms of, like, what you need to manage in the controls. And I feel like, for me personally, overcomplicated. Um, I feel like it was too much, and I just, I struggled with it. It never felt intuitive or natural to me. Um, so that's that's kind of a problem for me. Uh, another thing that I wasn't caring, caring for uh, is that it's just, you know, I wasn't really sure where to go. Like, I, I got through the first opening section. I had, like, three or four different ways to go. I wasn't sure what I should do. Where's the best time to invest, uh, you know, my play session? And, you know, some people love that. Like, some people love exploring. Some people love just, you know, oh, I have five different ways to go. I'm going to go through all of them and see what's there. I mean, I just am more focused, right? I feel like and I'm really pressed for time. I don't like to spend time in a game just kind of randomly searching for stuff. I would have liked a little bit more guidance, um, so that was a thing, but it's not a huge complaint. And it really, that's just a me thing rather than a game thing. I think in terms of Metroidvania it's, it's right in the pocket. Um, but one, one genuine complaint that I have about it is that it feels very small on the switch. Uh, I think the, the, the graphics feel very small. The text, uh, when you're talking feels kind of small, the text in menus feels a little bit too small. Like, it just doesn't feel like it's really properly sized for the Switch screen. Mm. And I got used to it after a while, but I really was having some eye strain, and it, it was kind of, like, tiring to play it. Uh, I liked playing it on the dock mode a lot better, where I could play it on my big TV, so that was cool. Um, but a lot of people are going to be playing handheld, and I feel like it, it could be a little bit bigger. I don't know the technical aspects involved with that. I'm sure it's a real big challenge to get it to fit, but it did feel, like, a little too small for me. So that was, like, my one legitimate complaint, is I wish it was a little bit easier on the eyes. But other than that, I mean, if you want a 2D Metroidvania, if you want some more Souls-like action, 
I feel like it's a pretty good game. Like, I feel like it really checks the boxes, and I appreciate that there are some cool fixes to the classic Souls formula. It's definitely not as punishing as the other uh, Souls games are. So it's pretty good. It's a pretty fun time if you want to get into something like that. I am backing up like Homer Simpson into the bushes. Into that bushes, disappearing into the shrub. disappearing, and good for you all who love that style of game. Yeah, I would not recommend this to you at all. Uh, Not even a bit. Um, I'm not sure if I want to go all the way. I might not because I got to be honest. Uh, I do not like doing boss runs anymore, which is like when you beat, you get your your butt handed to you by a boss. You get sent back to the last save point, and then you got to get through that whole section again and get back to the boss Rug. again. Yeah, I just I'm hitting one where I feel like the boss run is kind of long and it's just like a drag. So I'm not really up for that. Again, like we just talked about with Juggler's Tale, if we die, like man, I want <laughs> I want checkpoints. Every five steps, every three seconds. Yes. I just, I don't want to repeat anything. And by so. the way, uh, having a bad checkpoint system is like playing a hand of Gwent. It's even it's as bad as Gwent. It absolutely is. And in fact, I think one of the Gwent cards is called Bad Checkpoint. Yeah, it sure is. It's it like, is. no, it's called No Checkpoints. No Checkpoint. <laughs> all right. That is Death's Gambit Afterlife Edition. If you're interested in this at all, this is definitely the, the iteration to play. It's got all the extra stuff, all the fixes. If you're going to play it, play this one. Uh, just heads up, it's a little bit small on the Switch, although you can play it docked, that's great. And if you want a Souls like Metroidvania, this is definitely that, and I think it does it pretty well. All right. All right, moving on. Carlos, uh, you have been playing a game which has recently got to be released. Well, no, no, no. It's it's still under embargo, but it's going to be Ooh, out of embargo by the time this secrets. episode goes up. <laughs> dark secrets. Very dark secrets. It's called... Shuan Yuan, and I'll spell that. It's X-U-A-N-Y-U-A-N. I believe it's from China, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, I don't know anything about it other than it's kind of like a kind of like a really actioning, you know, Devil May Cry sort of a game. But that's basically all I know about it. So why don't you fill us in on Shuan Yuan? And there's also like um, an extra part of the title. I believe it's Sword Seven. I think this is the seventh game in this series. Very possible, but this is very likely the first one to ever first come across one the we'd water. ever see. Yeah. 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 So it's an action RPG rooted in Chinese history and mythology, which, by the way, before I even start about the game, uh, I've been playing this for a while. I couldn't talk about it till now. Um, I We talked about it with Black Book. We talked about it with, what's another game, where we see some mythology. Witcher, right? Witcher, for where sure. Where we start yeah. seeing you know different mythology and lore from other countries in the world. Yeah, stuff that we don't always get. Love that. So I love that for this game. Like, there's so much to learn. Uh, this game takes place 2,000 years ago uh, in China. And so, you know, there's that whole dynasty thing going on. Lots of different, just history in general. So, like, you start this game and you're already getting lore. But it's not video game lore. It's, like, a lot of it's real lore that happened in um, in China with all the different dynasties. So that's what happens. You start this game, you know, long, long time ago. But similar to Witcher, similar to a lot of these games... A lot of the mythology and different things like stories about mystical or monsters are, you know, made real in this. So it's not right, just right. a story. It's like, oh, wait, you heard that about that monster who's in the woods or whatever? Yeah, well, you're not to fight him because that's a real thing. Um, so you start the game in a very interesting and dark way where, again, s- similar to like um, different countries can present story in different ways as well. And I, I know that sounds like simple to say it that way, but it's also in like the storytelling. Um, my example is 
you start off the game and your your full blown character. Um, this guy's name is Taishi, and he's just running around and he's learning how to fight wolves and stuff. But then it goes twenty five years earlier, and then you play like the beginning of the game, which is actually not combat. It's you're a little kid, and <laughs> okay, yeah, you're like ten or whatever, and your your daughter or not your daughter, your that'd be a weird <laughs> story. To the That's a bad story. That's a um, bad story. Now your sister is uh, like just born. She's like a little baby. And so you're in this village, which again, similar to a lot of video games and RPGs, enemies are approaching. You've got to get out of there. I want, I'm Plague's Tale. I'm looking at you. Very, very much a beginning, like Plague's Tale. Uh, you know, where you had to like leave the town with somebody. You know, you're with, uh, you protect somebody. So you literally pick up the kid and you've got to go and you have like little kid controls where, you know, you're not nimble, you're slow. And you're just trying to get out of like this burning uh, village, and of course, news newsflash: everybody dies, right? Sure. You just got to get out of there. So then you actually do a lot more things in that you know that time frame. I kind of just sped it up, but you do a lot. Spend a lot of time as the kid, like doing some puzzles and whatever, and then it culminates in like you know leaving town, and then you've saved your sister, and then now it jumps back to 25 years later, and you're in this house with her. And the whole story revolves around basically protecting her. And I won't, there's literally a spoiler in the very beginning. So I'm not going to spoil it because I think people should check out this game. But something happens where you've really got to take care of your sister. Think Ico, think Plague's Tale, right? Sure, sure. So it's that same style. But the interesting mix is that, you know, you have basic combat. You're a swordsman. You can do dodge, which is very good dodge, by the way. And you can do attacks and different types of, you know, skill-based stuff. But you also have, like, you know, mystical, mythical monsters that are in the woods. And one of your main objectives is to free this weird spirit who's, like, locked away. And there's a lot of comedy in this, but it's I think it's comedy that might be lost on, uh, let's call the American generation or whatever, the Americans, because... It feels like a lot of this is, how do I say this? Based and like, if you're from China, you get like different style of humor sometimes. Like Chinese cultural humor. Right, right, right. Like in Japan, you watch a Japanese TV show. You're like, I guess it's funny. <laughs> but they're like sure. all like guffawing. I mean, like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. So there's some of that that goes on early in this game. And I was like, okay, I'm not laughing, but it's very interesting. So, and it's hard to explain. I'm, I'm sorry I'm doing a terrible job. No, I mean, I think that's very true. I mean, I think that's, you know, if you play something that is steeped in a culture from another country, of course, the sense of humor is going to be different. I mean, some things, some things I think are universal, but there's many instances, especially when they do like wordplay or something like that, where yes. something that's funny in one language, you know, translating humor is sometimes very challenging. And some things that are funny in one language are just straight up not funny in another language. Let me give you a great example. That's a great way to say it. Like the character that you're, the spirit you're trying to rescue, which essentially is kind of like the crux of like a lot of the story. Um, you have to go out and do quests and then come back or whatever. But this character sounds really funny. She's like an old witch sound. Like, like her voice? Yeah, yeah. You gotta come. Okay. You gotta save me, you know? And you're like, that's hilarious. You just by listening to it. But then she'll talk about like a ton of different like stories or lore. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know anything you're talking about. Like mm. these, the, the ribbons, the scrolls, I don't know. And my biggest complaint with the game is as you go and actually play the game, 
you know, there's a lot of stuff that happens, a lot of action and a lot of RPG stuff and skills. It just seems a little too much because while I appreciate the Witcher Black Book like history lesson, and you get a ton of it, you get, you know, the history of just actual China and dynasty stuff, but you also get a ton of history of like the mythology and just the idea of these monsters and spirits and, you know, legends past. At some point I was overwhelmed in a bad way because there's so many new places to put my skill points. There's so many new scrolls to learn about and 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 characters to, to understand i was just a little lost um and i don't know how to yeah I, I should probably play it longer because i played it for about four or five hours and i guess this game is only like 15 16 hours long okay so not crazy but that's pretty long for an action game though well but it's not it's really a, it presents itself as an rpg really hmm. um, but so an action rpg i guess yeah well action RPG. i just played tales of arise for 30 hours so is it in the same kind of bucket as that like you feel um, like you're kind of doing the same action rpg stuff well no i mean tales is very specific because it's a you know it's actiony but it's bullet spongy and it's its own thing it's like a witcher right you know any game where you're running around dodging and fighting monsters so it's very similar to a witcher style but okay. so it's a shorter one so i think i'm going to give it more of a, a shot but it just seems like it's a lot to take and i'm like trying again i'm not from i'm not chinese i'm not from china and so maybe some people like they're like, oh yeah, I already know about all this stuff, but I'm like just sitting here as like a you know dumb American going like I don't, but wait, what is the, but wait, why is that a spirit? Oh, because you just said it's supposed to be a spirit. Okay, so and, and it's a weird kind of um, thing to say about it, but I, I mean that makes sense though. It makes totally sense. It reminds me a little bit of Neo, um, which I love Neo a lot. Like it's one of my favorite uh, action games. But they give you so much like Japanese lore and they kind of expect you to just know it when you come in. So when they start naming off names and talking about places and somebody took over this cap, uh, this castle, I mean, I'm assuming that Japanese audiences would be like, oh, yeah, name drop to that guy that I'd learned about. And I, that cool. Right. But to us in America, it's like I have literally no idea what you're talking about. I don't, why is this relevant? And I think it's a real it's a real trick to be able to take that kind of cultural information and make it relevant for another audience. And that's probably not the trick this game is doing, right? Like, this is a Chinese game made for a Chinese audience. We're getting a port because they probably assume we would like the the action or the RPG elements. But they're not really focusing on, let's make this cultural content approachable to Americans. That's a great point. That's exactly it. Yeah, that's a salient point, some might say. I love that word. Yeah. I had accoutrement and salient in the same podcast. Um, Well, are you taking vitamins? What's going on? I am. I actually am taking vitamins. There you go. I'm down to 183 pounds, by the way. Side note. That's a good nice. thing for me. Yeah. Uh, no, the other thing is, to that point, they're throwing a lot of stuff at you, but they're also throwing a lot of actual game stuff. And that's why I think it, it does fall down a little bit for me because I was getting inundated with that stuff, the story stuff, that some people, again, might know more. But the other thing is that like, there's a lot of mechanics. One, you can capture souls. I don't want to say Pokemon, but it's similar. Like there's a style of like capturing, you know, things and enemies. There's a chess game. There's a lot of shrines and, you know, skill stats and stuff. So I think they're also just throwing a lot of stuff at you too. Like just game stuff. Okay. So it's a really, really overstuffed package. So that's a double stuff. Double stuff. That's what <laughs> they call it. Shuan Yuan is the double stuff double, Oreo yeah, definitely. of Chinese action games. It is. Um, 
and saying all that, I'm still going to, I think I might even beat it. Like I want to go back because the minute to minute, moment to moment gameplay is really fun. It is really fun, like nice to look at as well. I didn't mention anything about that, but I, I like the landscapes. It feels like a Witcher game in that way. Uh, you just kind of want to see what's around the next corner. And yeah, it's just a lot of stuff to take. The only other negative I'll say is that there's not enough save shrines. And it's one of those things. We just brought it up. We literally just brought it up. Uh, not enough save checkpoints. Is that I I think you can save it whenever you want, but sometimes you can't, and then you lose progress. And so that sucks. Um, so that's a that's a problem. I mean, we talked about that. Like This is like literally the third time that kind of issue has come up on this podcast. I think it's pretty clear that modern gamers do not want to lose progress and do not want to repeat shit. So yeah. maybe anybody, any developers listening, maybe take note. It's a wild ride, this game. Also, it's all captions, right? So a lot of people who play games with Japanese uh, dialogue or, you know, deal with that anyhow. But I lots of times turn on English. Um, I know it's a, a sin against nature to listen to English voiceover. <laughs> but, um, yeah, this, you know, it's a lot of reading. So it's like a lot, a lot. It's a lot times three. You're reading a lot. There's a lot of lore. And there's a lot of uh, actual things to do in this game, like so. skills and stuff. And yeah, yeah it sounds like sounds like something you really got to like roll up your sleeves and just really dive into. You really do. You can't have any sleeves. You've got to basically be sleeveless. Take off your sleeves. Yeah, just and then skinny, get in there for that double stuff. Yeah. Oh my goodness, I said that. By the way, <laughs> tangent, real quick before we leave this review, um, you just—I was talking about voiceover. I played the whole Tales of Arise with English cast, and anybody who's like. It's like, again, sin against nature. You're wrong. Okay? I play games for a living. Like, that's part of my thing. It's fine. Like, just don't people, don't, don't not turn on English if you don't want to, like, deal with captions the whole time. Because I thought it was very good. And I don't know why people are like, just don't do it. It's like the worst thing you can do. I don't know. I thought it was fine. That's a whole That's a whole other podcast. And honestly, I don't really have a, a, a horse in that race. I will, So, side note. Side note. <clears throat> One thing that I do have a major problem with when it comes to like subbing and dubbing and voiceovers and porting something, which seems to be solely from Asia. I don't see any other movies having this problem. Uh, when you have, let's say, for example, you're watching a Korean TV show like I am. I'm watching Squid Game right oh, now. Oh, I like am everybody too. Else on Earth. I am too. Yeah. So into it so far. We're not going to talk about that. But the problem is that they have dubbed it. So they're speaking English uh, in place of the, the native Korean that they're speaking. And there's also subtitles uh, if you want to have those on. But the problem is that the subtitles do not match what the people are saying in English. And we are a household that has subtitles on all the time because it for like many different reasons. And it drives me up the motherfucking wall wow. when this, what they're saying does not match the subtitles. It is so distracting. It is so crazy making. I fucking hate it hate it hate it more than almost anything wow. and there's a lot of stuff that i hate and the weird thing about it is anime fans tell me i should let it go it's not a big deal because it's i don't know whatever some kind of norm in the process like one team gets the voiceover job and one team gets the sub job and they don't talk to each other and neither one bases off i mean okay look i fucking get paid to make subtitles okay i am a translator i am an interpreter. This is what I do in my real life for a job. I know all about this. Done it for 26 fucking years. I do these translations and subtitles, not for foreign language, but for like stuff here in America. And like, 
we have a process where you make it all happen and you make it all work and it's beautiful and the work that I do is great. And when I see somebody do something like this, it makes me so fucking crazy. And then to have people say, it's fine, get over yourself, that's the way it is, makes me even more irate. Yeah. Like, this is an unacceptable thing. Everybody should stop it right fucking now because I fucking said so. Clean up your goddamn act and make those goddamn subtitles. Mash the fucking voiceovers. What is wrong with you? Do it now. Right goddamn now. I, I, know, I know what you mean because, by the way, I've uh, entered the world of uh, subtitling and captions for our show. Um, and, yes, you have, sir. Yes, you have. And I've been, and also for my sketches, you know, my comedy sketches, I do it. And I'm trying to. It's really, it's like it can be really fun because you can like put emphasis on words, you can like move words around, and like you know where you, again, the exact opposite of what you're talking about. I'm trying there's to a, match. There's an artistry to doing it well, for sure. I'm trying to match the feeling. Yeah, like exactly. So to have it be off, like just not even the same. That's just like. Bullshit. Oh my god! Like, like as, as an example, if people don't know what I'm talking about, so like, say for example, the guy in um in Squid Squid Game or whatever, which is cool, go check it out. I think it's very good. He'll come he'll come into the room and he'll be like, "Hey, mom, where's all that? Sa- where's all the savings that I earned for my job?" But the subtitles will say, "Where's that stack of cash that I stashed away?" Oh, that's it's maddening. Like, it's kind of the same thing, but it's not the same thing. So like, if you didn't hear what the guy said and you look down to the subs to see what he said, he said something different, and it's like. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. I'm not, I hate it so I, much, Carlos. I'm lucky I'm not I don't have captions on for me. I'm just watching it with this straight Oh audio, my god. So. Yes. Anyway, sorry to go off a rant. No, no, it's god okay. damn it, I hate it. Uh Shu on mm. Yuan, I actually recommend still. Um I think it's an interesting story. Just like Black Book and Witcher and other games we've mentioned, I think it's always great to learn more about different cultures, uh different mythologies, to repeat that. And I think the action itself is actually fun. I like fighting. I like all the skills I'm getting. I just think it's a lot. So, like we said earlier, you just got to have some time aside for this game. It's kind of might be happy, maybe the only game you're playing. You know what I mean? It needs like, all your focus. It really needs all your focus. And so I'm gonna jump back in and I'll I'll report back. But I, I like it and I, I want to see uh, this happen more often. All right, right on. Yes, I'm a big fan of cultural learning via video game as well. All right, a couple more games, and we're going to wrap it up here. So, big release recently, Diablo 2 Resurrected. Um, I was sent a code to talk about it here on the podcast, which I'm doing right now. Um, so, just real quick, I just want to give a quick disclaimer. I know that there was a lot of shit going down at Blizzard. They're in the middle of a lawsuit, a lot of stuff happening, uh, a lot of really bad stuff happening. And I wasn't sure that I was even going to play this game at all, uh, just because of those reasons, right? Like, we don't want to keep supporting the bad guys. But... Uh, you know, I went back and forth on it and I talked to some people in the industry and I was like, you know, give me some guidance. Like, I mean, should we, should we give this game a cold shoulder? Should I give a disclaimer? Like what, like how, how, what should I do about this? Because I, you know, there's a history behind this game. There's also a history behind the company. I don't want to seem like I'm the wrong side of things here. So a lot of people were saying, don't review this game at all. Ignore that it exists, which I guess is one thing you can do. But I did talk to some developers who I know personally off the record. And they were like, look, like, don't not support the game. <clears throat> Excuse me. There were like a lot of good people worked on this game. A lot of it was from a while ago. You know, starving out this game isn't going to hurt the people who need to get hurt. You're only going to like cause problems for people who maybe were not directly responsible for it. And, you know, as long as you, <clears throat> excuse me, I have a little allergy attack here in my basement. Um, they're like, you know, as long as you're conscientious about it and, and, you know, maybe say that you're aware of what's going on and 
and how you approach it. That should be fine. Because, but the people who I trust are saying, don't act like this game doesn't exist because it's not hurting the right people or it's not, it's not getting the desired result basically. Yeah. And also so, like, again, it's, it's all based on who actually worked on the game, right? Like are they the people that are getting canceled? Are they the people that are assholes? Probably not. Or if, I think no is the answer. Right. Um, so it's like, yeah, I don't, who, who are the people, you know? Right. So I don't have all the details, um, but I did want people here on the podcast to know I did take that in consideration. I did talk to some folks. The guidance I got was like, you know, to, to mention it, just cover it like we would and just, be, you know, be aware, be aware. So I did. Hopefully this is going to be OK with the listeners. I mean, if you have a problem with us covering it, I guess, you know, send me your thoughts. I'm happy to talk to people about it. I definitely am not like 100 percent behind Blizzard and I, I don't want to give that impression at all. But, you know, if, if ignoring this game is not getting the response that people need, then it doesn't make sense to do that. So anyway. With that said, Diablo 2 Resurrected. I played Diablo 1, really liked it a lot. Uh, played Diablo 3. In fact, I'm kind of still playing it here and there. I bought it on PS4 you, and 5. You never end playing Diablo 3. You never end. Yeah, right? Like, I mean, I'm kind of just dabbling in it here and there. I, I really actually want to come back to it. Um, but I've never played Diablo 2. It kind of fell... When it came out, it was in a period where I didn't have a PC or I had no, no good access to a PC. Uh, I just never got into it. But I heard... For years and years and years, Diablo 2, the best ever, the best action RPG ever, best skills, best characters, best loot, best, 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 best. Nothing's ever surpassed it. It's the best game ever. And uh, yeah, I'm real fucking curious to play this because I've heard this like for decades. Game came out, I think, 20 years ago. Yeah. If my math is correct. Um, And I've just endlessly, endlessly heard about this game being the best. Like no disclaimer. Nobody's ever saying, oh, but you know, it, back in the day or... Oh, but, you know, excuse the graphics. Everybody's just saying it's still the best. So that was very curious to me. Um, so the developer sent me a code playing Diablo 2. <clears throat> God, where do you even start? It's Diablo, that's for sure. Uh, I will <laughs> surprise. say, it, surprise, it is Diablo. It feels very old. There's a lot of quality of life stuff that is not here because people, I guess, didn't invent it back then, which makes sense. We have not really focused on quality of life things until more recently. But the graphics are crazy updated. The graphics are updated in a very cool way. I feel like it looks like an old game, but in a very nice way. Like the animation is kind of like choppy the way that it used to be back then, but way better than it was back then. It's kind of like if you close your eyes and imagine a game from 20 years ago, a game that you like, you will remember that game far kinder than it actually was. Yes. So this game looks like what people remember Diablo 2 looking like they thought. Yeah. But now it actually looks like that. If that makes any sense. No, that happens all the time. We like, you know, we grew up with a game and we're like, this is the game. We, you know, we remember it and it's like awesome and looked awesome. And then we go back and look at it and we're like, wow, I don't even know if that's a character or not. Exactly. And then, exactly. then they actually Is that a chair? It. Is that my character? What's happening? Yeah, yeah. Happening. No, it's the same thing. Your, your character looks like a chair. Um, exactly. But then, yeah, they update it and you're like, oh, that's how I saw it through my kid eyes. In your mind's eye. You you imagined it to look like that back in the day, but now it actually looks like that. Like, I think it looks really cool. I love the way the characters look. I think the art design is really great. Um, I have no, not had any experience with this game before, so I know that some people are really mad at the character design because they have changed some certain things. I don't know exactly what they changed, but I heard some people being like, rah, 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 whatever. I don't know how much stock to put in that. But from what I see, it looks like a very visually attractive game. Um, as far as the rest goes, I got to be honest, I don't have a lot of positive to say about it. Um, 
I feel like it's really boring. It's profoundly boring. Um, and as is somebody who's finished Diablo one and still likes to play Diablo three sometime, I think the problem is that there's not very many skills. It takes forever to kind of get your skills up. And they, I think they've just, they make you work really hard for it because there just aren't that many skills. And so if they gave them all to you in the first two hours, there would be like literally nowhere for you to go. Yeah. Um, but it takes forever and ever and ever to unlock skills. And when you do get the skills, it's like, it's something small. Like it's not anything like really cool and explosive or, you know, I, I picked the, um, Amazon as the starting class and it's just, she's like so limited. Like she attacks one character at a time and it took like three hours before I could unlock her very basic lightning spell, which also hits one person at a time. And I'm not getting any good loot. Like, I think I got like one cool pair of boots in the whole three or four hours. And I'm just like, where's, where's the drops, man? Like, where's the gear? Like what's, what is happening here? And I was talking to some folks about it. Uh, people who played it back in the day who still have a lot of love for it. Like there is a lot of love for this game. Uh, but I think you had to have played it back then. I don't think that really translates now because they were like, well, you know, you have to like have a specific build in mind and then save your points and when you know when you have enough points, you can put them in and make exactly the kind of character you want. But I'm like, but that's that that means I'm going to be playing this game for like 10 hours and not spending skill points and waiting until my skill unlocks. And then once I know and I have to know ahead of time what I want to do, otherwise I'm going to be spending my skills wrong, you know, and then also look for like this exact right piece of gear. And the gear does not drop as much as it does in Diablo three. Like it was I'm finding like the same spear, the same helmet like over and over oh, and over and over oh dude. no it's uh it's the slingshots and dust went all over again exactly right like you're just finding the same thing and none of it's better none of it feels like a step up and i'm like man where where's the gear where are the skills like what is going on like i i'm just i'm i feel like i'm in neutral like i'm not really making any progress um so that was really weird i mean it it really shows how far the diablo formula has come since then because i feel like that is not a problem in Diablo 3. Like, you're getting skills pretty often in Diablo 3. There's, like, a hundred times more skills in Diablo 3. You get gear dropped, like, way more often. Like, I just it just feels like things are happening in Diablo 3 all the time. Right. Whereas in Diablo 2, I'm like, dude, like, after three or four hours, I feel like I am essentially the same character. Like, I don't feel any different. I don't feel any better. Um, can I jump, and the can I jump in yeah, with a salient yeah, please point? Do. Yeah, I think it's, it's uh, only if it's salient. I though. think it is, is because I think it's just what you, all the things you just said is the evolution of games. Exactly. Because exactly. this is a reskin almost in a way. Um, and they, like you said, they didn't really change too much besides some character class stuff. And yeah, those games back then did work back then. And it was OK. We just dealt with whatever we had to deal with. Like we only have five skills or whatever, you know. But now when you just add so much more and especially when there's literally a game you can compare it to because it's the same game. It's Diablo three. Literally the next one in line. And you go, yeah, this is more fun. Like it's just, it got better. And so there is sometimes objectively in quotes better when the fact is there's more to do or there's just a better introduction or whatever it is. And I, it, I haven't even played this remaster, but it feels like it's just an old game. And if you, if you loved it back then, you're going to love it again. But if you didn't, or you're just coming to it from a brand new perspective, you're like, well, why would I play this? Yeah, it's it's real tough to recommend if you don't have love for it, man, because coming to it with no nostalgia, I'm like, oh, my God, I just like my my inventory fills up so fast and it's a total hassle to have to go back to town all the time. Why can't I carry more things? And where am I even supposed to go? Like, there's no pip on my map. I'm just wandering the landscape. And what's my next objective? I don't know where it is. Hmm. Just wandering around, killing 500 of the same goblin as I'm going through this grass. And I'm sure this was 
I'm sure this was the shit 20 years ago, right? Like when we were still figuring this genre out, like when we were still discovering what worked and what didn't. I mean, it's obviously a better game than the original Diablo because that was real rough back then too. But man, like I, I, I really can't recommend this to anybody unless you love this game and you want that exact, you know, trip through time, relive your glory days experience because I mean, literally everything this game does, Diablo 3 does just like way better and faster and the pace is better and it looks better and it's more exciting. I mean, I just, there's just no real reason to come back to it. I, I was really struggling to play this and all it made me want to do was like fire up Diablo 3 and play that instead. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, that, that one, as well as Diablo 3, but Diablo 3 has more skills, like you said, does that mechanic that I despise, which is you can't move when you're attacking. Yeah. Um, and so... Well, that doesn't it doesn't it's not as big of a thing or big of a thing for when you're shooting, but when you're like me and a melee person, it's really annoying. It's even in Diablo three, which is weird. But in Diablo three, there's a lot of dodge rolls and skill sets that you can use to move around. Oh yeah, dude, there's tons of skills. Right, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but in like I'm I'm thinking when one and two, you were just like stuck like cement when you attack. Yeah, I was getting surrounded by enemies. I didn't have any good crowd control. I just felt like where is everything? Where's, where's the cool weapons? And the, the weird thing is like most of my weapons were exactly tied to um, my specific like spear or javelin, but I was finding swords and I'm like, well, I can't use a sword because if I use the sword, I'm not gonna be able to use my abilities. Like right. it's really restrictive, really tightly reined. And I mean, people were saying, Oh, you got to build. Oh God. They have these weird names. Like all these names. It was like the, the, the Toxo Toxo Valerie or something like, like they all have these names. I'm like, People have figured this game out and they all have these specific builds in mind. But if you're just playing it from scratch, you don't know any of that stuff. You don't know what you're building towards. You yeah. don't know what's good and what's not. And it's just mm, mm, it's real, real tough to come back to this. So uh, if you want some Diablo action, I mean, Diablo three is where to go. I, I do not recommend this one. It's old school. Like this game is an old school game. And again, I think I like, remember I played Baldur's Gate two remastered. And by the way, I noped out of that at some point because like like similar to this, you go to the shop, there's like four things. It's like, oh, this is an old game. This is like not better. And this is actually, it's difficult to go back. Yeah. There's ex there's exceptions. Old school games like my favorite series of all time, Ultima. I can still go back and, um, or maybe I'm an asshole. Maybe, I, maybe I'm that person who is going back easily to that series because I have you have nostalgia it. for it, yeah. yeah. So never I mind. bet if you went back to if you went back to Ultima, like as as a as a brand new person, I I guarantee you, dude, if you put Ultima in front of me and I played it, I would rip it apart and I would hate it and Wait. I would no no way would I be able to play it. And that would make sense because I have literally no knowledge of it and no experience. But for you, it also makes sense that you love it because it was something that you were familiar with from back in the day. You have that familiarity, that knowledge, that nostalgia. It, it hits you totally differently than it would hit me, right? I know, but I'm so glad we brought this up. We have just achieved, and potentially this first one, our first So Video Games Challenge. All right, I'm announcing it right now, and you have oh, to God. you have to partake. You can't say I, no. I you can't say no. It's the first one. You can't say no. So, and actually, I know Richard a little bit. I've interviewed him, Richard Garriott, creator of Ultima. So oh, that Richard, I was I, like, you got to narrow it down, buddy. Yeah, I know Richard, by the way. Um, so I will actually like probably tweet him this when we do this but so ultima 7 i will find a copy for you um you know it's it's downloadable and ultima 7 i think does hold up the graphics are a little rough but there and i've said this before probably on the show 
But Ultima 7, with some of the NPC stuff and some of the ideas where you can pick up anything in the world, still isn't done in this to this day. Like, it does things that still aren't being done with, like, NPC, uh, you know, day-night cycles and, yeah, like, the ability just to kind of do whatever you want with a lot of the world. I'm going to have you play it. And then you can come back to me and we'll talk about it in the show. Cause I, that would be an interesting experiment. I think it's a good one because, to me, I don't think it's just nostalgia. It's doing interesting things that still, uh, I think, are pretty revolutionary. So You are probably 100% correct, but I think the other factor is the interface and the quality of life things that make games playable to the modern gamer. Uh, you know, like, for example, I tried to go back to um, Planescape Torment, which we've talked about on the show before. You know, many people, many people hold that game up as having the best game story of all time. I've tried to get into it back in the day, and it was just really rough, cumbersome, un- inapproachable. I played the updated version, which they released on console maybe one or two years ago. I still found it to be an incredibly painful experience. And this was a game I really, really wanted to partake in, and oh, I just right. couldn't. And, like, if it doesn't have... Man, the barrier for entry these days is so high in terms of like design, you know, uh, ease of play, convenience. Well, like those things are are real these days. Well, and actually, just uh, now you're bringing up the point of just being able to play it, because I think this one you need Ultima. No, no, no you can get on Google Games. I think. Let's see, because in, if not, you'd have to use DOSBox. Um, oh, that's our. That's done. That's I'm not a no. Even do I know. That, dude. No, that's no, no. It's no. here. It's Ultima Seven, the complete edition, six dollars on good old games. There's no reason why you can't play it now. You know what? I'll go back to. I'll buy it tonight. Um, I know I have a, an original PC version, Richard. If you're listening, I do have the original probably. Um, but it's six dollars on good old games. Uh, no All reason right. for us not to play it. Easy. To we do. will have to schedule this because I'm going to have to carve out some time to get this done. We're not going to do it next show, but we'll figure out. I know, but it's add to cart. It's six dollars. Yes. It's not. It's like it works on your. You know, I will regular computer. I will go to Gog right now, and I will. Uh, I'm adding it to cart right now as we speak. Ultima right. Seven. Wait, which one you said? Ultima Seven. The complete edition, okay. uh, which comes with the Black Isle and everything. It's so good. We will get that. Okay. Oh, I didn't know there's an Elvira game. Maybe I'll check that out. <laughs> that was a tangent. I mean, it's the first thing that pops up well, on, on good old games. I, I can guess see they why know you my looked. Taste. You know, come yeah, on. I guess. Yeah, come on. Okay, come on. one more game to talk about before we wrap it up here. World War Z. Man, I am having a terrible night tonight. It is the Aftermath Edition. I keep forgetting the the new title. I remember the old title. Cannot remember the new title. World War Z Aftermath. This is the team-based shooter. Uh, originally only third person. Now it is third person or first person. Uh, where you work together with three other people, whether live or AI. You're always in a team of four. And you go into different uh, locales around the globe. Each city is like a little micro-campaign. And you fight off a truly unbelievable number of zombies. Have you ever played World War Z, Carlos? Yeah, I think we talked about it on the show. Remember, we were did like, we? Yeah, that I enjoyed its um, its world building kind of in a way more than other games like that. Yeah, it it does a really cool thing. So first off, I just want to say if you watched the Brad Pitt movie or you have like distaste for it, like just forget that that movie exists. Like, I mean, yeah, it's kind of based off the same IP, but it feels like such a departure. Yeah. You just, you don't just forget Brad Pitt's not in this. Nobody looks like Brad Pitt has nothing really to do with that movie. <laughs> That'd be it's funny, just like though. its own thing. It would be kind of funny, but it's just its own thing. So forget that there's a connection to a movie. If that is, if that's bothering you, it really has zero connection. Uh, this is in the vein of something like left for dead or something along those lines where you're going through these levels and each level I think is really good. I feel like the level design in this game is really great. There is uh, three levels per city. So the first one's like in New York, you start off in a hotel, 
you go down to the street, you go into the subway, you have to do some stuff with trains, and then you like you escape the subway. And the next one is like in Jerusalem, where you're starting off in a real uh, a compact neighborhood, and then you go to like a gas station in a canyon, and then later on you go to like a science experiment place. Like each level is really well designed for a variety of encounter types. Like you're in hallways, sometimes you're in wide open space, sometimes you're on top of something, sometimes you're in, in a tunnel. Like real good variety, and also the thing that's really good about this game is like the pacing is great. Uh, I, I believe there's some kind of an AI program that like either sends more or less zombies depending on how you're doing. And it works really well. Like as you're with a group of people, like there's this ebb and flow to the combat where you just feel like you're catching a breather, but then there's another really intense scene. And then you're kind of, you have some time to reload and talk for your, with your friends for a second. And then you kind of go back into the shit and you kind of go back and forth. And it's just, it feels like a really good pace. Like you're, you're not doing too much of, of one thing and you're not doing too much of the other. And also like the way that this game looks is just fucking amazing i mean i'm playing it on ps5 right now or excuse me xbox x and it just the graphic upgrade looks really good really sharp and this game has a truly ridiculous number of zombies on screen like it has like it's got to be the most the most zombies on screen of any zombie game because uh i mean we just played the jerusalem level last night and it was like you're looking out at the 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 horizon and literally the entire horizon is fucking zombies like and they're all animated individually they're coming right at you and you're just about you just want to shake your pants because it is unbelievable how many zombies there are like the crowds go up and they climb over each other and they, you know, push up against each other when they hit a fence or something and they just like rush through. And oh, man, like I, the way that they do the set pieces in this is fucking awesome. Like it just looks really impressive, really exciting, really just like adrenaline soaked. Um, it's good stuff. I really like it a lot. Uh, the new version adds a couple new classes. Uh, the one that I know of right off the top of my head is the person who uses the shield where you can pop a shield and it stops basically all zombie attacks. So your uh, buddies behind you have a chance to like shoot around and kind of clear out a hallway, which is really cool. There are new zombie rats, which kind of like force you to stay together because it's really easy to get swarmed by the rats if you're by yourself. Uh, a couple other, you know, new guns and stuff like that. There's a couple new levels as well. Uh, new cities that you can go to. So I love I love the gameplay. I love uh, the skills are really cool and interesting. The classes all feel like they're pretty different. And it's a good one to play as a group. I love playing it with my wife and my son. We, we really dig it a lot. And uh, I just I just I think it's a really well put together game. Um, there is one more feature coming up. It's not ready now. It's coming next year in 2022. It's called I'm going to call it like Horde XL or something where they like drastically increase the number of all zombies so like i already feel like there's two yes even more right i already feel like there's more than any other game in the world and they're like you know what more zombies Uh, zombies. so that's coming in 2022 Uh, i have not dipped into that horde mode yet but it is there and i will check it out i really like this game a lot it's a great mix between character types location types skill types class types i feel like there's a really good amount of variety the weapons all feel pretty different and just the, the, the moment-to-moment action in each level is really strong. I feel like it's very entertaining, and the vibe and the flow of things is great. And when you get to the set pieces, like there's this one in Jerusalem where you're at the top of like its cliff, and all the zombies are coming from the bottom, and you're watching them come towards you, and they're climbing up like on top of each other. The ones on the top are stepping on the ones on below, and they're like making this like zombie ladder up the cliff, and you're trying to shoot them out so they don't get to you. Man, it's fucking just heart-pounding and exciting and just like, Really, really just like balls to the wall action. It's really good stuff. Just you saying that does remind me of the trailer, though, for the movie, because it, it they really did have a, like a million yeah. zombies. Oh, no, they were all crawling on top of each other. That's like the one thing they took from the movie. Yeah, Other yeah. than that, it's, it's super different. But 
I really dig it a lot. I think it's great. Um, having a great time, um, really digging it. But, you know, I will say when I did talk about this on Twitter, I got a surprisingly intense reaction uh, from people who were very eager to, like, tear this game apart. I got to be honest with you, I blocked almost all of them because they were being really fucking rude and disrespectful. So I wasn't going to engage in that kind of stuff. But a lot of people were like, left for dead, left for dead. And I'm like, oh, cool. Geez. Left for dead is a great game. But that was like a million years ago. This is a newer game. I like this one a lot. And it's possible for me to say that I like that. I like uh, World War Z without you assuming that it means I'm taking a shit on Left 4 Dead. I didn't even mention Left 4 Dead. I know. I was just like, I was just like, this is a great game. Dude. I like World War Z. And then out of the woodwork, these guys are like, and I got to block them all. Good, good. Going back to my point earlier, though, I think that's similar to my Hades comment. I think so. Maybe I'm taking a stretch here, leap, but I mean, it's like if I, there is another zombie game. And even if they do the same type of thing, a mechanic, mm-hmm. you know, they're different games. That's all I'm saying. Like, I mean, I think that's reductive. a fair point. I think it's a fair point. If somebody was to say, like, if I if I jumped on and I was like, World War Z is the best zombie game ever and Left 4 Dead can eat shit. Like, I mean, I would, you know, that would, to me, make sense that people would start attacking me. But like, all I'm saying is I think this is a really fun game and I like it. And then that was enough to get like rallying the troops and get him crawling out of the woodwork at me. Like that was just like, right. But I'm saying that's what they're doing. They're being reductive about it. Being like, no, these are both the same type of zombie game and this one's better. So you're wrong. And they're wrong because you enjoy this. They're just dicks. I don't know. It was just, it was really strange to me that we had such an intense response about this because I think this is a great game and I really enjoy it. And this is the game where, as we alluded to at the top of the show, where somebody came at me with a tweet and they're like, I played this game for 900 hours and I maxed out all the characters and this game fucking sucks. Yeah, and I'm like, it. well, if it sucks, why did you play it for 900 hours? And why did you bother maxing out the characters? Like you, you must've known it sucked well before the 900 hour mark. So it's your damage that you can't play this game. And in fact, you can't play it. You probably liked it on some level. I can't imagine hate playing something for 900 hours. I know. So, I hate playing that long. Come on, get out of here. On. Anyway, I think world war Z is great. I think it's a really fun time. I love the campaign. Uh, we're going to dip into the horde mode soon. I think it's just a really fun, well put together game that really is much better than the movie that inspired it. So if you didn't like the movie, get that out of your mind. Focus on the game itself. I'm having a blast with it. I really like it a lot. Like we alluded to earlier, comedy is subjective and video games are subjective as well. Like Zombie shooters, clearly subjective. Yeah. Anyway, we can wrap it up, Carlos, but I did notice that you had a little asterisk next to Keylocker. Did you want to talk about that real quick? Really quick. This is one of our longer shows, so um, I have no more voice left. But uh, I just want to really quick mention um, I'm playing the Keylocker demo. The game's called Keylocker. Um, It's uh, doing a lot of funny, interesting things. It reminds me of Undertale. It reminds me of, not to overuse Earthbound, but kind of. But it's an action. No, it's a turn-based pixel art RPG cyberpunky uh not heavy rpg more like you can do skills and stuff and you do get experience points and things like that but you're really it's more actiony based um action's wrong it's a turn-based rpg but i guess it's light on the rpg right it's more of an adventure story and it's in a cyberpunk-esque kind of world but the interesting premise is you are a girl who can sing and you are in a world with no music so that's already very interesting. And then a lot of the our, our, our artistic aesthetic is really cool. The style is neat. And a lot of the menus are funny. Back to comedy. There's To me, there's a lot of like interesting, funny comedy like hidden throughout the game. And you can jump and run around in the overworld. But then when you actually do combat, it turns to a grid-based, turn-based combat. Um, 
anyways, there's a bunch of really fun stuff in here. There's also kind of a rhythm mechanic. So some of your attacks, um, think, um, what are the games that do that? Shadow, Shadow of the Necromancer. Is that it? No. Dance of the Necromancer. I don't know. I know what you're talking about. There's these games that use rhythm-based, you know, stuff in combat. Again, Undertale uses different types of ways you can fight. So there's a lot of like straightforward fighting, but there's also like straight up you pick pick up your guitar and do like guitar heroes type stuff to do like extra damage. Um, So I really like it. It's it's interesting. It's a premise that I've not seen yet, um, and I'm going to play more of it. So that's all. It is Crypt of the Necro Dancer. Crypt of the Necro, yeah. And it's not, that game's all just that style. This game yeah. has like many different mechanics, but a couple of them use like rhythm to do like right. extra damage. Just, just an element of it. Yeah. yeah. But it's such a cool concept. And I think the idea of the game is you're going to slowly like form a band in this world without, you know, music. Um, and by the way, the first song that the game opens with is fucking amazing. It's by an actual band. I think it's called Electro Bear. And uh, fuck, I really like the aesthetic and the music. I'm into I'm into this game. This is just a demo, but it's called Keylocker. All right, the Keylocker demo on PC, I assume? I'm playing it on Steam, yes. All right, great. All right, check that out, folks. Sounds like a winner. And I believe it's also, that was one of the ones that was displayed from the recent uh, Developers of Color presentation, wasn't it? That was, that's, yeah, I think I mentioned it. I believe it, it was, yeah. yeah. Okay, check it out. Cool, cool, cool. All right, folks, that is it for us. This show is over. As always, we want your questions and comments. Hit us up, sovideogamespodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at sovideogames. And I'm going to have to start saying that we are on TikTok. We sure so are. Sovideogamespodcast, right? Yeah, sovideogamespodcast. Uh, but you can also reach us individually if you'd like to. Carlos, where are we directing your traffic this week? I'm going to send them all to sovideogamespodcast on TikTok. Don't, don't worry about me. Sounds good. Right. <laughs> you got enough. You got enough attention. Let's, yeah. let's divert it to TikTok. As for me, same as always, on Twitter, on Instagram, it's my name. B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y Always no O's And that's going to do it for episode 252 Thank you all again for joining us here On the So Video Games Podcast And we'll see you next Friday But in the meantime, this is Bye from Brad And catch you later from Carlos Uh, By the way, also before we go This is the end of the show But I'm going to play Hot Wheels Unleashed Because I heard that's really, really fun And also, uh, Ultimate 7 Challenge Has been challenged (laughs) So you have to do it. Challenge engage. Challenge. All right.